the weird house in the country. You must fight to survive by reading <laughs> pornographic material to weird old men. Uh, <laughs> oh, I don't know. <laughs> what do I say? I had like an idea that I was going to like do this triple layered uh, thing where it was like, oh, it's this thing, but then it's this thing, but then actually it's this thing, but who knows? I am, um, guys, not for the very first time ever. It's a reverse episode. <laughs> I watched The Handmaiden. Uh, <laughs> oh no. As yeah, one of the weakest opens, openings of all time, anyway. What is up, everybody? Welcome to Claire Tenthing Classics, the show where I, your host, Jake Ryan Baker, watch classic movies for the very first time and give my nostalgia-free opinions on them. But that's not the case today. Today is a reverse <laughs> episode. Uh, it is a very special episode, though, because we have the return of the one and only Christina Lynn Connolly is back on the show. Whee! Yo! <laughs> you can talk now. <laughs> I can talk. I can talk. It's true. I can talk. I can sing. That just made me think of Little Mermaid. Yeah, that's what I was going for. Oh, okay, good. <laughs> well, good job. I'm glad I was in the zone. Um, <laughs> but no, it's so good to have you on the show. I <sighs> very recently listened to an episode, a podcast I really like called Blank Check is doing a re retrospective on Park Chan-wook. And they're going through all of his movies. And I was like, oh, you know what's fun about them covering Park Chan-wook is he's one of my favorite directors working today. If, uh, if you ask me who my top five directors making stuff still at this moment would be, he would be on that list. I literally love every single thing he makes. And of all the things he's made, The Handmaiden... I, I'm not even going to be coy, guys. The Handmaiden is my favorite of his films, and that's saying a lot, because all of his films rule. And I just was like, man, listening to people talk about The Handmaiden really made me want to talk about The Handmaiden again. I've even, it's been in videos before. It doesn't matter. I wanted to talk about it. I asked Christina, like, have you seen this movie? And she was <laughs> like, no. And I was like, time to rectify that. So she's been uh, held. <laughs> She's being held captive and forced to do this episode with me, <laughs> but I'm so glad you're here. <laughs> I am too. It's really awesome. Uh, you'd never seen it before, and you mentioned before we even started recording that you're not terribly familiar with my man, Park Chan-wook. Uh, right. And that's sad. I feel like we should have just- I know. 
Like, are we just going to have to Wong Kar Wai him and, like, do all of his movies for you, too? <laughs> I think so. Uh, you said you maybe have seen Old Boy? I saw Old Boy, um, but it's been a while. And this is obviously and... your first experience with The Handmaiden. Yes. And uh, yeah, you, you don't it, have it was to. On my list, it was on my list of things to watch. Um, and, like, it was written by someone who or i guess is based on a story yeah um that was written by somebody who a lot of people recommended yeah there's a there's a british novel called i think fingersmith yeah um, uh, yeah that this uh, movie's technically based on there was a there was like a british miniseries adaptation of the book and mm -hmm. someone like passed the book to park chan wook and he was like this is kind of cool but i think i'm gonna do some different stuff with it and then he sent the script to the author and she was kind of like, mm. cool, I think this should just be kind of like based on the novel or I don't, she's like, I definitely don't think I get a writing credit because you've definitely changed a lot of things because her British book is not about 1930s Korea, Japan fusion stuff. It's, that's all <laughs> stuff that Chan Wook and his uh, co-writer are bringing into the story that didn't have really anything to do with the novel. It just sort of follows yeah, some of like it, the basic beats of it really yeah i remember reading that i think the original novel the fingersmith it was like a Vic victorian era yeah yeah uh britain it's very much mm -hmm. like uh i think it's like pride and prejudice but gay yeah uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh chung Seo Seo kung young wow uh, I, I will i you know let's just get in front of it now i'm gonna butcher a lot of korean names today <laughs> Uh, but his, same. <laughs> yeah, his co-writer who who wrote his wrote a lot of the movies that he's done with him: Lady Vengeance, Decision to Leave, Thirst. Uh, I'm a cyborg, mm -hmm. but that's okay. Are some of her mm -hmm. other credits? But <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. So, oh man, I don't even know. Lately, I've been having guests be a little bit coy about how they felt about the movie. But fuck, I don't know. I'm just so. This is always a tough thing to do for the show when I ask somebody to watch a movie that I genuinely really, really love. I'm always yeah. nervous because I'm just like, if you don't think it's as amazing as I do, I I'll be so sad. But also, I get it. Uh, maybe this movie's not for everybody, but <laughs> it's certainly up my alley. Um, I don't know. I mean, do you did you have like coming into the movie? Did you have any sort of did you know what it was about? Did you have any sort of expectations that had been set for you? So, just a little bit. Just a tiny amount. It was a little bit more... I don't know how to put it. It was a little bit different than what I expected. <laughs> um, but in a totally good way. way. Totally good way. Different. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't think you can really predict where this well, movie's you going. Said, <laughs> you said there was sex. <laughs> And uh, there is. I was not prepared, <laughs> but this film had me on the edge of my seat. <laughs> you were, you were like, oh yeah, this should be good. I this was, should be good to watch on the bus. Should be fine, right? I, at work. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just throw this on while the kid, while the kids are doing their tests. Uh, oh, wait a second. <laughs> That's like when I went to go see Love Actually with my grandmother in the theaters, <laughs> and I had no idea. Uh, I mean, uh, actually, the love is, uh, you know, 
sex. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, so what's your, do you have any sort of like, for me, Korean cinema, it's obviously had a big surge lately with, you know, Parasite winning the Oscar and it's mm -hmm. sort of finally crossed over to mainstream. We obviously had, like, I'm not trying to lump all this stuff in together because it's not like all right. Korean cinema is, is the same thing. But I think that especially here in America, we have woken up to Korean cinema. We, we had Squid Game was like this big sensation. Uh -huh. Parasite. I think Park Chan-wook has gotten to the point where his movies are coming over. Like, Old Boy didn't really play in theaters over here, but it was like a huge DVD seller. It was just such like yeah. a word of mouth smash sensation and also just think like korean culture in general is starting to cross over like literally uh the i work at the library we just had korea fest at the yeah. library and there okay. was a lot of fucking people there that were just doing k like there was a k-pop dance show and mm -hmm. it was a headache because we only can sit so many people and more people than we could fit in the theater showed up and so we're like having to turn people away and stuff so I feel like mm -hmm. 10 years prior to this, like three people are showing up for the K-pop dance fest. So I don't know. Is, is that side of culture anything you've ever really gotten into yourself? Um, not a ton beyond like friends of mine and uh, like fashion, a little bit of music. None of the, uh, I, I confess I've never really partook in like, you know, people talk about like Korean barbecue and kimchi and all that stuff. I love Korean food. Yeah. <laughs> it's not something I've really ever eaten, even though I want to. Uh, I'm yeah. sure that I'm sure it's pretty hype. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. So I will openly admit that lately it's been really hard for me to watch a lot of things that are totally subtitled, mm -hmm. um, which really sucks because that takes a lot of films off the table for me um that are really awesome and i need to watch <laughs> yeah but uh but it's hard because i usually multitask while i'm watching things and i can't work on sewing and <laughs> art while i watch subtitles i'm just not that good <laughs> um this is the kind of movie though where yeah. when you watch like analysis videos and stuff it's like there's so much in just a glance that's being told in this story. I do think it's the kind of movie that begs being 100% locked in while you're watching it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, I couldn't even finish folding my laundry. <laughs> I was just, like, watching the whole time. <laughs> do you? Yeah. Uh, so you're not that familiar with Park Chan-wook. Do you? Um, I feel like this is a weird question. I apologize if this. I did really like Old Boy. Though. Oh yeah, yeah. Old Boy is great. It's also a movie that mm -hmm. I remember watching and being like, "This is super cool." And then like I've watched people talk about how deep it is and like the meaningful relationships and like how much subtext is buried under everything. And I'm like, "Oh, this movie's like brilliant." Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. I was on a a jag where I was watching his Vengeance trilogy, but actually he has three movies that are essentially considered part of his Vengeance trilogy. Sympathy for Mr. Mm -hmm. Vengeance, uh, Old Boy, and I believe it's just called Mrs. Vengeance. And mm. I actually haven't seen... Fuck, I totally just dropped my phone. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> disaster, a disaster. Yeah, just Lady Vengeance, um, not Mrs. Vengeance. Oh, not sympathy well, for the Lady first vengeance. one's sympathy for Mister Vengeance, and then he makes old boy. Oh, and then there's sympathy for Lady Vengeance, and then there's just Lady Vengeance. I think oh. is just what it's called. Oh, um, and I've I seen Lady Vengeance. Although that movie's really hazy for me. That movie's really weird. I liked mm. it a lot, but uh, it's very esoteric. Uh, and a lot, of, a lot mm. of the revenge is very metaphorical. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> but Old Boy is just, that's the one that seems to have crossed over. And then he has, he has yeah. stuff like Thirst, which I think is great. I've not seen... I want to see that. I haven't seen I'm a Cyborg, but that's okay. And I haven't seen his American-ish movie, <laughs> Stoker. That's one I missed. Mm-hmm. Um. But I've loved everything I've but seen. But not like Bram Stoker. <laughs> I don't think it's a vampire movie. <laughs> I think it's just <laughs> called Stoker. It has Nicole Kidman in it, so you'd think I would have watched it. But oh. uh, yeah, I just I never saw it. I'm kind of nervous because as much as I like him as a director, sometimes when people work in a language that's not necessarily their first language, sometimes it goes poorly. <laughs> yeah. It's like uh, the person that directed uh a girl walks home alone at night i really really like that movie and then she follows that up with this movie called bad batch and that movie is Mm. fucking terrible uh and i was like what happened i was like is it just because she's not a native english speaker and she just like it didn't translate because like it's still visually cool but the script is like borderline nonsensical (laughs) so i don't know it's it's really tough uh, I feel bad because I'd, I'd love to dive deeper into Park Chan book, but obviously you're not that familiar with him. All I can really... S- I mean, you can dive all you want. <laughs> I mean, I will say um, his <laughs> m- movie that came out, uh, I guess it was technically last year, but he had a movie called Decision to Leave that just came out. That's his most recent mm. film. He's, I mean, he's still fucking nailing it, in my opinion. I, I just, I love... God, I just love him as a director, and I don't know. Honestly, I've been telling people for years that The Handmaiden is one of my favorite movies of all time. If you guys have ever watched my top 10 films of the 2010s uh, YouTube video that mm-hmm. I did, number one of the 2010s, The Handmaiden. Uh, so, I mean, of an entire <laughs> decade, I put that at number one. I will say, I've been thinking about it lately. I do think watching the movie for this episode is only the second or third time I've watched it all the way through. I'll I'll watch scenes of it occasionally. Hmm. I'll bring up like the the attempted hanging scene because it's just one of my favorite scenes ever. But I think it's a movie that's so special that I don't revisit it that often. And part of it is Mm -hmm. because you know, by the way, guys, I'm just gonna say it right now. If you haven't seen The Handmaiden, uh, more than any almost any other episode I've ever done, please go fucking watch the movie first and then come back. This is not how you should absorb your handmade <laughs> knowledge. It's an incredible movie, and it's also a very twisty, turny movie. And if yes. your first watch is spoiled, it's that's really sad to me, uh, because like this movie is like not only does it have dr- double crosses, it's got triple crosses, and it's amazing. Yeah. And I, yeah, you should not listen to this if you haven't seen it. <laughs> and and that's part of what I'm really excited to talk to you about is because I got to enjoy all the subtext that's buried within the movie, knowing where it's going. 
But you, mm. as a first-time viewer, experienced all these crazy-ass twists and turns, and I'm twists and I'm turns. just so fat. Yeah, literally, like being like, "Wait, what? <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa!" <laughs> yeah, the, the, and the movie doesn't super hold your hand on it either. Uh, you you no. really have to be like, "Wait a second, oh shit!" And like, just the way the movie keeps peeling back layer after layer, it, it's got. But it's like, and I think part of me not rewatching it that much is worrying that the strength of the movie was the initial shock of watching it the first time, but I'm happy to report a rewatch is just as good, if not better. Oh, I can't wait to (laughs) rewatch it. Um, There's so much that you can still, um, I don't know, discover. Well, it's like knowing the end game of the movie, it makes a lot of the initial interactions because the movie does sort of fold in upon itself and you see certain scenes again, but from a new perspective. Mm -hmm. But once you know where it's going, even when you're seeing the scene for the first time, there's just so much subtlety and hinting and layering that's going on. It's just like, I don't know, like Park Chan-wook is just one of those directors that when I watch his stuff, I'm so appreciative that someone that's so fucking good at what they do is working. Yeah. But it also makes me want to be like, I'll never achieve this level of like just uh it's just i don't he's so good he's such a good fucking director uh it's just really it's like every time you watch like an analysis video of one of his movies you're like that was part of it i didn't even realize that's so smart (laughs) like what the fuck Uh, (laughs) do you um I, i apologize if this question leads nowhere but i think this is a movie that gets brought up in conversation when it comes to lgbtq movies and Mm -hmm. is that a sort of like i I don't know if you could even call it a sub-genre but is that like a genre of film that you partake in very much or enjoy yeah and um it was sort of how i found out about it and the writer who's known for doing that type of work do you have like uh like the i'm sorry the the writer of the uh the novel the novel that it was mm -hmm. are there any sort of like go-to gay movies for you <laughs> <laughs> um actually if, if if some of it spoils this is very campy but for a lot of reasons um something that always cheers me up and makes me giggle is but i'm a cheerleader oh yeah it's a fucking and i'm getting ready to do a rewatch with a group of friends here soon <laughs> <laughs> I, I had a very short-lived show on access tv where we would pick a DVD and discuss it. And my, the third episode is me doing, but I'm a cheerleader because uh, I'm, I'm obsessed <laughs> with that movie. <laughs> I love that movie so much. I just recently did an episode called, on uh, the movie Eve's Bayou and uh, Megan mm. Good is in that movie. And I was like, what do oh, I recognize okay. her from? And I pulled up her list and I was like, oh, it's Debs. That's what I know her from. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Debs. No. Debs is... Uh, God, I love I I love the movie Debs. It's so campy, but it's just one of those movies that was like just unabashedly gay at the time. Mm-hmm. And then the director would go on to make uh, Professor Marston in the Wonder Women, or yeah, which is like a movie about the guy that created Wonder Woman, but he was also in like a thruple with like two other women who were also seeing each other. And so like that's like a kind of interesting gay movie uh-huh. with like a little like some very mild bdsm elements that's just 
If you guys have never seen that movie, that movie's very sexy, I, I gotta say. <laughs> uh, I, I actually highly recommend that movie. I think that the title of it kind of was confusing, and I have a feeling that led to a lot of people not watching it. I certainly didn't watch yeah. it when it came out, but that movie actually kind of fucking slaps. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. Like, I'll save a couple. Uh, one of the biggest ones in my head that I compare this movie to that did come after it is going to be my main recommendation at the end of the show. So I'll save that. But I don't know. I just, uh, I love gay cinema. <laughs> <laughs> you do though. And it's interesting because this movie, while having like a lesbian romance in the thirties, be the centerpiece of the film spoilers guys, seriously. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. It's not really about like, like them being gay isn't necessarily part of like the hardship of the film really yeah like there's not like people in the movie that are just like this is wrong or anything like that right it's like <laughs> yeah the story isn't about being gay this it's just that the main characters are gayish <laughs> gayish <laughs> just a fact just a fact about them uh yeah i don't know um trying to think like whether there's anything like they're gay without the story being about the fact that they're gay. Yeah. Like at one point, you know? at one point, the count is like, I looked at you and I was like, oh, I will never seduce this. I woman. don't have a chance. Uh, yeah, I don't have and a chance. like, I don't know if it's because he instantly was like, she's gay or if he just knew she was not capable of being seduced or it feels like there's a layer I to it. I felt like it was. Yeah. <laughs> um, I felt like he just knew that she wouldn't be interested. Yeah. And it's funny because like. It feels like in this movie, the count is just failing time after time. But there's a there's a moment in the there's a couple moments in the movie where I'm like, OK, he the movie does let him demonstrate his power just a little bit every yeah. once in a while. And you're like, OK, this guy is like legit. It's just yeah. in the face of these two women. He's got no hold. <laughs> right. And that's what makes them so powerful. Uh, it's mm -hmm. oh, man. God damn it. This I was so nervous to start talking about this movie because it's just like. <laughs> I don't even know where to go. It's so overwhelming <laughs> because there's so much to talk about. I'm kind of hoping maybe going through the plot beat by beat will let us get into certain facets of the movie instead of trying to like yeah. cover it all right here at the top. I don't know. Do you want to just jump straight into the plot or do you want to talk about the actors? Because obviously as we talk about the plot, we'll meet the actors, but I kind of want to like mm -hmm. give them their due at some point yeah, yeah. <laughs> um i did mention I mean, that i'm gonna butcher a lot of names this episode i've, I've not 100 not studied my korean but we, we basically <laughs> like any any poster you see for the movie you're gonna see four characters and essentially this movie is about four characters other characters yes. sort of flit in and out but there's four that really matter Main characters uh and we have kim mean he who plays lady hideko who's our sort of like, she's the lady with, with the fortune whose uncle is conspiring to marry her. Ew. Uh, <laughs> which, I, which I think Sookie says ew at some point. Uh, yeah. But yeah. Uh, speaking of Sookie, Kim Tyree plays her. And I think it's interesting because this movie is, like Kim Min Hee is a very well-established actress at this point. She's been in a shitload of stuff. In fact, I think when Kim Tyree was Kim Tyree was like kind of a find. It, it, mm -hmm. It's a really famous story when they were putting this movie together. They auditioned like 1,500 women 
to play the Sookie uh... part, and Park Chan Wook still was not satisfied, so he kept looking. And then he finally mm. met Kim Tyree and was like, she's the one. She's who I want. So she wow. was kind of a find. I don't know if this is her first thing ever, but when he was talking to her, he, he asked like who her favorite actor was. And she said Kim Mean He was her favorite. Yeah. And she didn't even know for a while that that was going to be her co-star who she was doing these insane scenes with. Uh, so that yeah. was like a big thing for her, which would just be like so weird. It'd be like me getting cast in a movie as like a, a guy that's like a gay guy and find out like Colin Farrell was like my co-star. <laughs> I don't even know how I would handle it. <laughs> uh, but, but you know, this movie wouldn't work without the, the patriarchal oppression of our two male leads as well. Uh, we have mm -hmm. Ha Jung Woo, who plays Count Fujiwara, and we have Cho Jing Wung, uh, who plays Uncle kozuki which i don't even think did they even say kozuki in this movie like i i did not track his name at all i just call him the uncle the whole time but yeah uncle yeah I, uh we can save it for the plot but i was there was one little thing you you tipped off to me that i was fascinated by we talked a little bit over messenger <laughs> about how hot all the actors are but you kind of said something about the uncle making you feel certain things and i i was kind of like filing that away for later because ah. <laughs> i'm like well, what's going on there <laughs> he gave me very gross feelings <laughs> like i was so grossed out by that character he's like oh man skin crawl oh just a <laughs> and we'll go into the specific scene that really made me puke in my mouth okay that's exciting uh but yeah like there's some other great everyone in this movie i think is nailing it especially for it being a predominantly korean cast Almost all the Japanese, most of them are speaking in the movie was like phonetically learned, which is always just like crazy. Mm. I'm like, how do you mm -hmm. even act when you don't even know the words you're saying? That's wild yeah. to me. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. <laughs> I didn't know that. I know sometimes when I watch like movies that aren't in English, people will say like, well, if you knew the nuances of dialect, it would be obvious that they're like butchering their pronunciation of these things but like mm. to my ears it all sounds pretty fluid yeah. and good like yeah. i don't know like i study japanese a little bit but i would never profess to be know it enough to like be able to tell differences between dialect like sometimes when i watch yeah. anime there'll be like a subtitle that's like oh this is like an osaka accent and i'm like okay uh, <laughs> <laughs> like because like in japan like Os right. osaka is like their version of like what american southern country dialect rule yeah. would sound like <laughs> i'm just mm -hmm. like i can't fully tell the difference but okay <laughs> it's just hard uh, to have an ear for yeah. that kind of stuff <laughs> yeah are you multilingual Un poquito. <laughs> <laughs> i took a lot of spanish and like kind of grew up with a lot of um native spanish speakers but mm. and i tried learning a little bit of Russian for a while, and and I know just a little bit of French. And I I downloaded this app on my phone to learn Japanese in my sleep subliminal subliminally, <laughs> and it's like this weird music and then an overlaying of conversational Japanese that just plays while you sleep. <laughs> so it's like being in like it a didn't cafe. work out. It was like keeping me awake. So. <laughs> the conversations were just so interesting next yeah. thing you know you're like you're like actually incredibly fluent and you're like wait it worked <laughs> but um 
Yeah, um, Russian, I've always thought was a really cool language. That's wild. And, was there any particular um, reason why you tried to learn it? Well, I was dating someone who's a Russian Jew. <laughs> okay. And so, and his, his family, like, is from Russia. So, well, anyways, that's not neither here nor there. <laughs> anyways, I don't, I don't want them to listen to no, this. <laughs> no, let's dwell like, on this for another 30 minutes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Um, I digress. Um. <laughs> but yeah, so, th but every time we would hang out, they would get really excited that I was trying to learn, you know, conversational Russian. I couldn't, I, I got a bunch of books to learn how to read it, but I could not. Has any of it stuck? Uh, oh yeah, like like phrases and yeah, sentences yeah. and words. Yes, yes, for sure. Let's hear it. I don't think I've ever heard you speak Russian. No, don't put me <laughs> on the spot. No, no, no. I think we need to move away from this topic. <laughs> I'm just trying to remember what, what's the phrase like when they like toast. There's like a dostovan. What's it like? Oh, dasvidanya is yeah. is, is just like goodbye? good evening. Yeah, yeah good evening. It's like, I was like, goodbye. I feel like I know all the like uh, foreign phrases for like <laughs> drinking. It's like prost oh, is yeah, like, uh, I think German and then like kanta. Did you ever see Coraline? No, I've never seen Coraline. So Coraline, there's a really cool Russian character who is really fun. And um, he says, <laughs> Das Vidanya Coraline. Das Vidanya Coraline. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I must go and anyways. pledge my allegiance to Vladimir Putin. <laughs> <laughs> it's not by choice. I just don't want to be pushed out of a window and have it called a suicide. <laughs> that's just a um, thing that happens in our world that nobody's doing anything about. So that's fun. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> we digress. Well, you know, speaking of like countries taking over countries and like fusion and stuff like that, I'll be honest, like, this movie is set in the 30s, and I can never remember if it's they're living in Korea, but there's like um, Japanese influence, or if the actual yeah. house is in Japan. It's so got to be, it's gotta be Korea, it's, right? It's Korea, yeah, and the Japanese took over. So it's a yeah. Japanese-occupied South Korea. Right, right. And um, so, like, it, it's worth mentioning. And that mentioning. was the whole thing, right, with... Um, the uncle yes. helped with that process, yeah. Yeah, the uncle is of Korean descent. Yes, like, even and he fi you, you find helped out late the Japanese take over the country. Yeah, and you find out late in the movie that he was even married to the woman that's like sort of the head housekeeper, but then he was like, uh, fuck you, you're Korean, I'm going to marry a Japanese. He, like The uncle's like main through line, besides being an incredible pervert and yeah. a psychopath, is yeah. that he just wants more than anything to be Japanese. Yeah, uh, right, right, right. <laughs> he's obsessed with being Japanese, and he's created this, because he's sort of the lord of this household, he's created this weird dynamic where it's like nothing but Korean people, but they're all being forced to speak Japanese. Mm -hmm. And yes. there's like parts of the house that are distinctly Japanese where they're like not allowed to wear their shoes, and mm -hmm. it's got that kind of style with the tatami mats and the sliding doors with like the paper windows yeah, and yeah. all that stuff oh, the architecture uh, of the house is so cool i know it's like i mean i would a, love to have doors like that <laughs> as a self-professed weeb it's hard to not be like i get it uh like i would love to have a japanese style 
happens too. Yeah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but uh, he takes it a little too far, I think. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I guess we should probably talk about the movie. <laughs> sure. And the scenes proper. Uh, and please, I really, really want you to be like, I didn't know what was going on here, or this really shocked me, or mm-hmm. like, as if I'm if I'm talking about a scene, I just cut me off, jump in, like, because okay, more than any other episode I've ever done, I'm liable to just talk for three more hours and describe every <laughs> detail of these scenes. I need you, I need you to like <laughs> put your hand in my face like he does to the ant and uh, suck in uh, Hideko. Oh my god, that was just... so horrible. <laughs> but I need you to do that to oh, me on this episode. I was episode. triggered. I was feeling so triggered. It goes on for so long. Oh, it's so uncomfortable. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, oh, so god, that made me so mad. <laughs> this movie plays with time a lot too. Yeah, and if you've never seen it before, you probably don't understand that we're actually starting a little bit ahead of time in the story because we're going to see some events that lead up to what's going on here in the first scene. Yes. But in the first scene, Sookie, who is one of our main characters, and I apologize if I'm not like fully pronouncing her name correctly. Yeah, I it's watched, like it's I like watched, Suki. Yeah, Suki. And like I watched True Blood for years and there was a main character called Suki. It's Suki. Suki. Suki Stonecast. I was listening to the, that same podcast. I was listening to their thirst episode and they brought up True Blood. And like the main love interest of the show is a vampire named Bill. And I was like, that was kind of weird, wasn't it? Vampire Bill. <laughs> but uh she's getting ready to head out to serve as like the main handmaiden of the lady of the house in this like fancy estate that this guy runs. You kind of get a little bit of backstory. He's like a he has like a gold mine, but he's really into like books and shit and literature. He's like there's a line they say in the movie at one point where it's like, he's the biggest book collector in the world and the richest. I can't remember how they phrased it, but he's yeah. like, used his riches to acquire a lot of books. And because Rare of it, books, he's like, yeah. got the most books. Uh, <laughs> but yeah. I think that might come in the Count's Expo dump later. But basically, like, we just see her traveling. It's like, we get a really funny moment where this gate opens. She's like sleeping in the back of this car. And she's she wakes up like okay we're here and the driver's like mm-hmm. uh we got a ways to go you might as well just go back to sleep mm-hmm. <laughs> but i mean we're getting a lot of like vibes and aesthetic here i don't know where this is like so like as soon as this movie starts like what are what feelings are hitting you in this moment oh i guess at the beginning it before the it's like the very opening scene is chaotic because you see all these like soldiers marching through and there's all these babies that they're like scooping up and they're like yes. kissing the kids and like trying to and hold them. And then it's them. them in the house. And then she's like getting, like, she's packing up to leave. And the other one's like, it should have been me. And she's like, fuck you. And she like right. dips out. Like, when there's just, a whole scene of like the con artist, like, yeah, can tell basically telling her she's doing this. <laughs> um, but she, she like right off the bat, she arrives at the house she gets a house tour from i I didn't put the it actually took the second watch to realize but there is like the head housekeeper later her name's mrs sasaki Uh who we'll find out later in the movie was uncle kazuki's wife who he basically demoted to head housekeeper (laughs) but apparently still still fucks around with in the meantime like yeah it's pretty wild but she's giving she's giving suki the 
the tour essentially of the mm-hmm. house. So we're getting sort of like bits and bobs. It's it's half English, half Japanese. Uh, I mean, the house is just like almost the entire movie takes place at this house. So they really establish this place. And like, like I think you had mentioned that the house is is pretty slamming. <laughs> the house is so cool, and just as like the first impression aesthetically, I loved this film immediately. I loved the color choices and and the lighting, and it actually reminded me a little bit of Amelie in a way. Oh, okay, yeah. It's very um, like it's very. It made me want to look color. into the, you know, the right the director and everything because I was like, hmm. Yeah, I've noticed like it's funny because I was they just did like a retro. They're doing a retrospective on David Fincher now. And Fincher really leans on like the yellows and the greens in his mm-hmm. film. Mm-hmm. And watching this again, I was like, this movie's so green mm-hmm. in an interesting way. Like everything's got like this green tint to it. But it's not like that gross, like horror movie green. Yeah, it's like a really silky yeah. green with blue tones. And especially like with like the like the house, like uh Hideko mentions at some point, like he won't allow sunlight here. And there's mm-hmm. like all these trees that shade the house and the yeah. countryside. So green. It's like a lush, like very like rich forest yeah. green. Not yeah. like that icky like Futon green. <laughs> Futon green. <laughs> <laughs> yes, of course. The color everyone's familiar with. Futon green. <laughs> I do love like apparently my only note for the house tour was that Suki is like sleeping in a closet, which is I was like, oh no. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, it, I guess it's worth mentioning because it's like she tries to peek into Hideko's room mm-hmm. and then she like hears this thump and like throws herself into bed like shit, shit, shit. Yeah. Uh, we'll actually see this scene later from Hideko's yeah. perspective. Yeah. It's, it's kind of cute. Uh, <laughs> it is. It's funny to see the other side. Yeah. But basically like Suki like puts herself to bed. She's literally because she's like, why the fuck am I sleeping in a closet outside her room? And Sasaki's just like, well, you know, she wakes up in the middle of the night, so welcome to your new life. And she's like, fuck. And then sure enough, first night, Hideko's screaming. Uh, really, something that I guess is worth mentioning with this movie, and this is this is sort of par for the course with all of Park Chan-wook's movies. It's mm-hmm. another reason why I'm just like, he's such a fucking master, is the way he weaves in comedy into yes. all these all of his movies is is fascinating cuz it's very dark like dark comedy. Yeah, like mm-hmm. you like I've I've sometimes I'll be like slapstick is dead. But then I'll be watching something like this and you'll hear Hideko <laughs> scream and you see Suki she forgets like that she's in this weird closet bed and she tries to stand <laughs> up and slams her fucking head yeah. against the wall and I laugh. <laughs> I laugh out loud when it happens like and uh like his physical comedy is amazing and the way he just weaves these dark, like comedic moments into his movies. Like I was listening to someone talk about an interview that he did. And he was like, yeah, someone pointed out, like, I can't seem to make a movie without injecting humor into it. He's like, I guess that's just how it is for me. And I'm like, I like it though. I think you have to have even, even in like the bleakest movie, you have to just have the occasional, like darkly funny thing, you know? Right. And there's just like some legitimate laugh out loud moments in this movie. This movie is very funny. The physical mm-hmm. comedy is funny. The mm-hmm. timing of some of the things is like, he'll hang on something longer than you expect. Or yeah. the air between something is just like long enough for you to kind of like 
get uncomfortable and shift and like mm-hmm. sort of like giggle under your breath a little bit. Like yeah. I don't know. He's just a really the timing is just impeccable. Yeah. Uh but yeah, she hears Hideko screaming and like comes in to try to like comfort her. Uh Hideko is like, My on a moonless night I can see my aunt's ghost. She hung herself on that tree <laughs> and uh Suki tries to sing to her and right. she's like looking out the window and again we get this another comedic beat where Hideko like throws the sheets over herself and like runs screaming past her in the background <laughs> and then Suki starts screaming too. It's like really goofy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like I mean is this stuff like making you actually laugh? Like is the humor working for you at this point? Yes. Yeah, I thought it was very cute. Uh, I just like I don't know. I mean, the thing is like I'm already so head over heels in this movie, so I'm all in at this point, but I don't know if it's like I don't know. I mean, do you think it's too goofy or is is like the the tones still just like working for you oh no i loved it yeah i really loved it we sort of established suki at the house but then the movie's like all right time to backtrack already <laughs> we we see like suki's like she's part of like essentially i don't know like what do you what's that oliver twist where they're like all like orphans yeah, the whole that, like, family they're all con artists yeah she basically Thieves. is like part of this gang almost yeah, essentially basically yeah <laughs> uh and like we, we get like they're taking care stuff. of all these orphan babies and, yeah and yeah. like she mentions like the babies will never know hardship because they're gonna like sell them to japanese families and stuff yeah is, like i don't know what's going on there like but... it's all part of their con <laughs> <laughs> she has like a line that i think kind of matters because it comes up a couple times where one of the other con artists is like fe- breastfeeding her baby and oh, Suki yeah. mentions like, I wish I could breastfeed. I breastfeed all these babies. Like she's got this weird motherly instinct. She in does, her. yeah. And she keep uh, throughout the movie. She keeps calling Hideko her baby, mm-hmm. and, and yeah, then, and her know, doll. Later in sexy times, it even comes up when she's like, mm-hmm. I wish she says like while while Hideko's like sucking on her boobs. Like, yeah. Uh, by the way, guys, this movie's got a lot of sex stuff in it. Uh, she's like, I wish I had <laughs> milk to feed you. Like, I was like, I don't, okay. Yeah. Like, Hang on a second. Kind of took me back to a conversation you and I had before about a script. Oh, sure. Breastfeeding adults. Yeah. You know what? <laughs> yeah. I was like, wait, what? And I was like, oh, yeah, I totally have a script where an adult woman sucks on an older adult woman's <laughs> breast like a baby. Uh, <laughs> and there's been much controversy about that scene. And whether I should keep it's it immediately <laughs> what I thought of. <laughs> uh, but I think like, so this is our introduction to the count. And I, I just got, yeah. I mean, I got to know, like, what, what's going on in your head is this guy fucking saunters in like. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's very pushy and demanding. I mean, and essentially sort of blackmailing. Um, I mean, not blackmailing, but but taking advantage of the situation. Yeah, we don't fully know what his relationship is with this with this yeah. gang of like orphan people is, but he it's he's just pushing like, his weight around. He's the most anime of anybody in this movie. Like every motion he does, like every time he has a hat on, he does this like very deliberate sit and like he puts his hand on the hat and yeah. like tilts it just so. Yeah. And he's always like Jojo bizarre adventure posing and stuff. Yeah. But he just like it saunters into the room 
like bust open one of the staircases where he keeps like some kind of fancy statue. Mm -hmm. Uh, and he does like, this is how, you know, the movie's like working because he essentially does a giant exposition dump, but Mm -hmm. I'm like hanging on to every word. Cause yeah. Cause not only, and this is what good movies do. He's giving us like information about the plot and what's going on. Yeah. But you're also learning a lot about the characters, Mm -hmm. like the way he's treating them the way he goes in on Suki mm-hmm. and she pickpockets him. And then yeah, when he I leaves, he that. takes it back. Like, <laughs> he knew that she did. Yeah. <laughs> Essentially though, you find out he's like, Hey, there's this family that I'm going to fleece. Mm-hmm. This uncle's trying to marry his, I guess it's technically his niece. Yeah. Uh, I didn't mean to rhyme there, but, his <laughs> <laughs> <Please>, niece. Uh, <laughs> but he's like, I'm going to swoop in and get her to marry me, but I need a woman on the inside to like set me up and be like essentially my wingman in a weird way. Yeah. And he's like, and I want you Suki. And then there's this other chick who's like, I'm better. I know better Japanese. And yeah. Fujiwara is like, no, I want Suki. And you're kind of like, I don't know mm-hmm. for you, but even uh, knowing where it goes, I was like still, I was like examining this a little deeper. Yeah. And I feel like you have to be like, but why her? Why is yeah. he so adamant about her? And you find out later that. I'm, uh, is she gay? Uh, well, no, it's no, not. I'm that, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you do find that out later. <laughs> you find out later that he purposely was trying to pick someone he thought was dumb. Yeah. So that he and, could pull one over, yeah. Yeah, like he wanted a patsy. Yeah, somebody even though to Even though the other woman's maybe more competent, right. that's actually the problem. He doesn't he needs want somebody who can, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which is funny because it goes into like, one of the interesting through lines of this movie is, like the very first time I was watching it, I was like, Hideko's really compelling, but the way she's being presented is I am just like, oh, she's just like weird and naive and dumb. But I was like, I guess she's sheltered. And then as the movie goes on, you're like, oh, oh no. Okay, hang on a second. You have to reevaluate how you feel about her. Mm -hmm. One thing that's consistent about Suki is like, even by the end of the movie, she is just, she is a little dumb. (laughs) She's kind of a little dumb. And like, but she's endearing in Mm -hmm. a weird way. Like the movie presents it as if she's like the smart one pulling one over on Hideko. Yeah. And then there's there's a flip. And through the rest of the movie, her intelligence level never really changes. It's more yeah. just like she just is a genuine earnest person. And that's how mm-hmm. she kind of wins you over. Mm-hmm. Uh, like she's a fascinating character. Uh, Cause she's like, so in. she's like, yeah. And she's got like this really tragic backstory. You find out later about how her mom was a thief and mm-hmm. we'll, we'll touch on that. Cause that's a great scene though. But God, mm-hmm. every scene in this movie is great though. <laughs> wow. like, we're going to be here for fucking seven hours. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, is there any like, I have a couple notes here about the Count's Expo dump, and he wants Sugi specifically, but I don't know mm-hmm. if there's like anything about the scene that you are like, oh, you gotta like mention when he like sets the Buddha statue down. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. He's being a little flirtatious too, yeah. like with some of the women. Like, I mean, that's kind yeah. of his MO. And he's not like terrible to look at. No, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but. He says he's, he reads a letter, like, here's my letter of recommendation that I'm going to write you. He, like, reads it to Suki, and then it gets delivered to Hideko, and Hideko makes Suki read it, and then Suki Mm -hmm. basically is like, she tries to read a couple things, and she's like, I can't read. 
And she's like, Well, really? what was so embarrassing <laughs> is at first she tried to act like she could read it. Yeah. And she was like, oh, he said really nice things about me, such nice things about me. Blah, blah. <laughs> yeah, she like you, she does you, this like very big giggle, and she's like, oh my gosh, I can't even read it. They 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 were so nice, and I was like, oh, nice move. <laughs> yeah. And then she finally just Hideko keeps pressing her though, and then she even writes down something on a piece of paper and says, can you read this? And she's it's like, her name. it's your name. And she's like, no, we'll find out later in the movie. Uh, this was actually Hideko testing her for a different reason. Yeah. Uh, which is pretty crazy. Like, cause you, you get these scenes when you're first seeing them, you're like, yeah, they, they still work on a surface level. But then when you go back to them and you realize there was a second layer to it, yes. like, holy shit. It's like so mind blowing. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't want to get too ahead of myself, but oh yeah. Uh, and this is also when they're reading the letter. She, she, she has the uh, Suki has this line where she says, uh, the count told me about you. Like he says, he like thinks of you in your face while he's in bed. Yes. Day goes like, why in why bed? In bed? <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> so funny. Hideko, uh, yeah. I think, has the lead for leave for uh, reading practice, mm -hmm. and as soon as she's out of the room, Suki just goes through all of her shit. Yes. <laughs> Which we it's funny because again, she's finding things that are actually going to matter later in this the yeah. the story like. She finds the bells. Mm -hmm. She finds the rope, actually, because mm -hmm. uh, like they, you see Hideko pull the the box with the rope out of her yeah. closet at one point, yeah. but it doesn't show you the rope. But if you're paying close enough attention, you saw Suki yeah. pull the rope out of that box earlier. Mm -hmm. Like uh, it's mm -hmm. it's pretty interesting. But she tells Suki like, "Hey, like at noon, make sure you like come get me because mm -hmm. the shit sucks, and yeah. I just need you to bail me out." And so Suki comes to get her but it doesn't go super well this is our introduction to the uncle oh uh, my god it's our introduction to like major crash zooms in this movie too yes it's just like <laughs> i mean the uncle's introduction is fucking wild yeah in this movie <laughs> yeah you see you see hideko like down reading and then like we crash zoom on the uncle <laughs> just blew my mic out <laughs> but uh He's got this black tongue because Ugh. he's always like licking the squill. So and he just like glares at Suki and she just kind of like tries to mosey in. And he's like, heavy, heavy, the snake. <laughs> and she's like, eh? and you see this like porcelain snake. He's yeah. Like, the snake guards the bounds of nut marks, the bounds of knowledge. And yeah. then they have this fucking lever that they can pull <laughs> that just like just slams the case. gates to the library shut. Like, I'll be honest, like, oh, I've watched a couple analysis videos. I've still not fully, like, I understand, like, the being trapped in his sphere. This mm -hmm. is his domain, essentially. Mm -hmm. um, the only other time that this gate will essentially come into play is in, like, an extreme flashback with yes. the ant. Uh, mm -hmm. But it's, it's, it's just, it's, it feels over the top, but it, I'm still not pulled out of anything at this moment. I don't know. Like, for you... This is where we finally meet the uncle. Like, I don't know, like, what kind of feelings are swelling up in you at this moment? <laughs> well, at first you see, like, what a control freak he is. And, like, just sort of, you, it's obvious he's in, in control of the situation. And, like, he's very abusive. Yeah. But you don't really see the 
You don't see the very perverted nature of him until not yet. They they really slow play <laughs> mm-hmm. that aspect of the film. I forgot how long it takes to finally even figure out that Hideko's like doing these readings for people. Yeah. yeah. You don't even you don't get that to like maybe an hour thirty into yeah. the movie. It's pretty wild. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you don't even know what it is that they're doing for right. a long time. You just, just get this know that ominous. She's learning to read. And that he's very yeah. specific about how she reads. Yeah, and something feels wrong, but you're not sure why. Yeah. Like, like yeah. this first part is very much presenting the story through Suki's, you know, POV. Yeah. So there's things that she's maybe not privy to. Like she never goes to any of the readings, you know. Right. So we don't really know that that whole element is going on. And hmm. we don't realize how much that's informing Hideko's character, too. Right. So. Uh, but you know, speaking of like sexy stuff, uh, we get one of the sexiest scenes in the movie. IMO, uh, this is the bath scene with the tooth. <laughs> uh, oh my the- gosh! <laughs> yes. Okay, so I was getting vibes before, but then this happened, and I was like, "Oh, okay, that's what's going on." Yeah, that's how it's gonna be. Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Got it. I mean, this scene is uh-huh. bananas. Like, um, it's in a in a movie that has like multiple explicit sex scenes. Girl. This is this is maybe the most <laughs> intimate scene in the whole movie. Uh, <laughs> I, I, yeah. Hey, no. I mean, please. I. Uh, that was I, that's a great scene. It's like super uncomfortable in a way, but but in a yeah. really cool way. Because um, basically, like, she's giving Hideko a bath, and yeah. she's giving her like a lolly at some point. She's got like some. Yeah, it's very about. much like a mom bathing her daughter situation. Yeah, she says like she literally says like "You're my baby. I'm bathing yeah. you" or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then Hideko's like, "My tooth is sharp. It keeps like cutting the inside of my cheek." Mm-hmm. And Suki's so like, "Oh, okay." And she goes and gets a thimble. Yeah. And like sticks her finger in, in her mouth. mouth and is like filing her tooth for and then, a like, really a, long time. It's just like this again, it's like the masterwork of like Chan Wook's like pacing is at first she's like, she's just genuinely kind of filing mm-hmm. her tooth. Like, mm-hmm. okay, I'll, I'll, like, I got you. I yeah. got you. I've dealt with this before. Uh-huh. And then as she's going, like, Deco's like, you know, just giving her full on bedroom eyes yes, and then really kind of notices. And then, and like, I just, man, I just love the way this scene shot. With it, the that's, a, that's what it is about it. I think a lot of it, I mean, the actors did an amazing job and it's very subtle, but obvious. But the thing is, is like when they, there are certain shots that it comes close into the face and then you just see like the little bit of a heavy breathing and the eye movements and you're seeing like only one of their faces at a time. Yeah, that's just made it so intense. I mean, even even the wide where you see both of them is yeah. like gorgeous. But like when you're just like close on Hideko's face with like Suki's finger in her mouth, yeah. and she just she looks like I will fuck you right here yes. now if you like say yeah. the word. Yeah, and then you see Suki like slowly catch on, and then her eyes drift down to. Hideko's like boobs and she's and then she kind of like snaps out of it for a second and she's still mm-hmm. like following and it goes on for so yeah, long uh, <laughs> but it is just holy shit like in a, in a movie where every scene is awesome this is like up there in terms of the best ones though it's so hot yeah like I just I can't explain you kind of have to just 
witness it, but it's just so masterfully crafted. And this is the moment where, especially if you've never seen the movie before, it's like you just said, like you, you, you did it perfectly where you went, oh, okay, <laughs> I get what's going on here. <laughs> this is like, of course, it's like, yeah, wait a second, these, these two ladies are fucking hot. They gonna other. do this. <laughs> yep. And it's funny because it is like you think of like, 30s and a lady with a handmaiden like right their handmaidens probably saw them naked all the time and it yeah. was like oh yeah whatever but it's like because there's this tension it adds this because this does have the sheen of like a uh jane austen mm-hmm. novel to a certain extent yeah uh, so it still carries that vibe over of mm-hmm. like the british jane austen novel roots yeah but just applying it to the setting but yeah it's just like it's like mesmerizing you're just Whoa. like and it's funny because And I guess it's worth mentioning here that I feel like there is a slight pushback from some people on this movie of it being like too male gazy to a certain Mm. extent. Because I think some people are just like, I mean, a guy made this movie and he's like lingering on their bodies and it's like not. And I don't know, like, I don't feel like I'm really in a position to say one way or the other whether people with that criticism are correct right but there is something about the movie that feels very it just feels like it's more about what the characters are feeling and less about the director leering at them and that's just the vibe that i get Mm -hmm. but i can't tell anyone else how to feel Mm -hmm. it's like this movie's like drawing comparisons to the the movie the blue is the warmest color Mm -hmm. and that movie's been accused of a lot of like male gaze elements and that movie i think is kind of guilty of that to a certain extent this movie i don't know it's like you read about it and it's like when they did the sex scene like nobody was in the room and they did like robotic cameras and they did everything they could to make it as comfortable as possible yeah and like they choreographed everything and like it just feels and you read about like park chan wook and his female co-writer consulted like friends of theirs that were in the lgbtq Mm -hmm. space about like does this feel honest? Does this feel right? And like, it was like their friend that was like, oh, you have to have them scissor. Like, and it, it wasn't even like they wanted it. Like their, their, their friend was like, oh yeah, you got to have the scissor. Like, and it's like, I don't know. I feel like there was a, a good amount of care that was taken yeah. in terms of like the film. And so, but again, I'm just like a somewhat straight guy. So I don't feel like I have the authority to say one way or the other, whether this is male gaze. I didn't or not, feel it but- was that male gazy um i mean i'm sure there are dudes that are into this but like i didn't feel it was quite about that i felt like it was more just like giving you the feeling the perspective of the characters that's how i felt yeah i I didn't think it was very male gay i mean even the sex scenes it wasn't like super gratuitous in what it showed it was just that the act was so dirty <laughs> but it's like but you I can't actually see anything it's all implied yeah, not really uh you so there's like a i always go to this there's like a scene in i think it's like the last boy scout if you read like shane black's script for the last boy scout there's a sex scene and that's like you guys know what a sex scene is look my mom reads these things like i'm not going <laughs> to describe it they, they have sex it's great and i've always been like I hate that so much because I think that 
sex scenes can be a chance to learn about the characters. Mm -hmm. And this is one of the premier movies Mm -hmm. that uses its sex scene as a character moment. Yeah. Like the, the main centerpiece sex scene, because like you see it twice and you see more of it second time and it is crazy and over the top, but you are learning about the characters a lot. Yeah. Like the second time you see the sex scene, you see Suki be like, wow, you're really good at this. You must be like a natural. Like, yeah, you're just natural. like they're learning about each other. Mm-hmm. And there's like actually like plot development going on yeah. in the sex scene. And it's not just there to be gratuitous. Yeah. And like, that's my favorite shit. I'm like, you can learn so much about, like, of course, like, is there nothing more intimate and revealing than like yeah. having sex with somebody? And well, like, movies are so scared. You can't, it's easy to, um, like you're looking, especially in the scene with the, with the two women, you're looking at each one through the eyes of the other. Like, so it's, I don't know, I guess it's easy to say it's male gazy, but really it's just, it's just trying to embody like how each character feels. Yeah. Like we, we get this shot multiple times of like Suki, like in between Hideko's legs. Yeah. And she's like, essentially, like, it's, it's like, I guess, it's a vagina POV shot. It is, it is. And it like, it's so slow. You can't see she, me, but it's like, uh, for a really she's long like, time. Starting to stick in. her tongue out. God. Like you're waiting for communion or something. Like, what in the world? <laughs> I like that metaphor. <laughs> <laughs> it's time to take the will of God. <laughs> Quietly uh, <laughs> crosses herself off camera. <laughs> um, hey, I mean, that's a great metaphor. I like that. Uh, but yeah, we're getting a little ahead of ourselves. But <laughs> yeah, anyways, uh, let's go back. <laughs> well, the the, uh, the count shows up uh-huh. and he's sort of making his presence known. He requests that Suki like come see him, which is like, he's not even made subtle about it, which is like, bro, <laughs> like if, if Hideko... Spoilers for the movies, guys. Uh, if Hideko hadn't like already been in on the plan, it would have been like super sus, like what he was doing. Yeah. But he he like calls Suki in, and he's like, "Tell me about her." And she's like, "She's dumb." She she has this line where she's like, "You'd have to like." She's like, "You could pull on her nipples, and she still That's wouldn't what know said, what you want." Yeah. Uh, and she uh, he gives her these earrings to give her. There's this like again. There's a lot of funny like it's a little <laughs> sexual assaulty adjacent, but. The count really likes just kind of making like doing shit. Like he he's talking to Sookie and he like just kind of smacks her on the ass at one mm-hmm. point. And it's like it's weird because it's like not cool, but it is funny. Like I don't know know how to like explain it. Like it shows like kind of a playful nature. Well, he's just like he's such a piece of shit. He is. Like, he's really. a he's a dirtbag. <laughs> he's a dirtbag. He has dinner with the uncle and Hideko and when she comes in, he fucking, he like stands up so abruptly that he knocks his chair. Yeah. He's like, Magnificent. But again, like they're already in on it together. So like all this shit is like so weird. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, later he talks about stuttering, making you seem more trustworthy or whatever. Yeah. And, but the thing is like one okay. thing that's like a through line in this movie is the count will say things. And he'll be like, yeah, if you want to make a woman believe you're into them, you stutter and stumble over mm-hmm. yourself. But we were talking about the vagina POV scene when she's looking at Hideko's 
yeah. nether regions. Mm-hmm. She says she starts stuttering. She's like, uh, it, it's it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Like, but the thing is, she's being sincere. Yeah. And so it's this weird, like, double thing where it like kind of flips over on itself where it's like, oh, he uses it as like a fake thing. But Suki is like so taken by this moment that yeah. she inadvertently does it. It's kind of wild. Yeah. And there is something like I watched a really great video before we logged on and started this thing. But he pointed out that the count, when he's talking to the uncle, he's like, women he's like all i need to know about women is their eyes he's like if they Mm -hmm. look at you and they look away and then look back (laughs) they want you bad he's like but when i saw hideko she stared a hole through me and i knew i was fucked (laughs) and but the first time that hideko and suki see each other they look at each other Mm -hmm. look away and look back Mm -hmm. and that's how you know that there's something going on Right off the bat, like Chamwook is just like such a master of like yeah. planting all these seeds and like making sure all of it lines up where it's like, it's just, it's, and, and so like it's funny because like the count is such a blowhard piece of shit. Yeah. But stuff he says actually does matter in terms of like their relationship yes. in a weird way. It, it's, it's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we actually get kind of like, I would say, another pretty sexy scene where. Like Suki is like dressing up Hideko for the dinner, mm-hmm. and then like Hideko wants to dress Suki up, mm-hmm. and there's like these lines like, you know, ladies are really the handmaidens' dolls. All these mm-hmm. buttons are for my amusement. Yeah. I remember when I was listening to Blank Check, they made a really good point of like the sound design yeah, in this movie so is immaculate. Good. So good, <laughs> like the sound of every fucking button, yeah. the sound of every piece of fabric yeah. as it's being like tied in the corset. Mm-hmm. And then, I mean, we'll get into it later, but even the sex scene sounds and the bell sounds are, they're just so well done. Mm -hmm. They're not over the top, but they're present. Mm -hmm. It's just like, God, it's it's one of those things where, like, this movie's, like, incredibly well regarded, but it is, like, there's not a single element of this film that is not, like, immaculately done, Mm -hmm. in my opinion, of course, but. No, very uh, thoughtful. I I, I think the sound design in this dress-up scene is incredibly Mm -hmm. notable because you just. There's something like sexy about the sounds of the fabric as it's yeah. like sliding over them, and yeah, uh, it's it, it's pretty wild. Uh, but we also get like a funny beat where she's like putting something on Suki, and she's like, "Jesus Christ, this is like so tight." And Hideko's <laughs> like, "Oh, you think that's tight?" And yeah. then we get this like sp- smash cut her to her with, <laughs> with her foot on her back, yeah. just like trying to tie this corset, <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, "Ah." It's so funny. <laughs> it is. It's it really is. funny. It's funny, like, yeah. <laughs> and it's just for a minute. Yeah. Yeah. And this movie moves fucking fast. Yeah. So there was a moment where I was watching it last night and I was like, shit. I was like, I feel like I barely I was like, I, I was like, it's kind of late. And I was like, how oh. I was like, hmm. I should check to see how much is left because maybe I'll like pause this yeah. and save it. And I was a fucking hour into the movie already. Yeah. It felt like I've been watching it for 15 minutes. <laughs> like the so pace in this movie is insane. Yeah. It's insane how fast it moves, but it's not like in a whiplash sort of way. Right. No. I, I just am so drawn in that by the it whole just story. flies by. Yeah. You just are following along on, an, on this tale, you know, this adventure. And there are just so many things to pick apart in each scene, so it's just yeah, savory, very much yeah. so. Everything's um, so well thought I, out. I need to finish that breath. sentence. <laughs> well thought out. 
Uh, so like the next thing is you see Hideko sort of like staring out the window longingly because like the count. I guess we didn't really touch on it, but when the count was expo dumping, he was like, "Oh yeah, the uncle he has all these books and like yeah." He sells them to keep his fortune up, mm -hmm. but he doesn't really want to sell them. So what do you do? And the the con artist guild is like, you make fakes. And he's like, exactly. Yeah. And that's why I'm a good, good friends with this guy. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's how that's how he warmed his way in. So he goes and meets with the uncle, presumably to like forge books. Yes, for him. yes. Uh, but once he's done with that, he's going to do art lessons for Hideko. Mm -hmm. uh, and so it seems like Hideko's waiting for him to come. She's mm -hmm. got like, it is interesting, like, you know, in retrospect, I don't even know necessarily what the game is here. Why he makes like, her wait. Yeah, I don't know if it's like. Because he is cause doing it I, on purpose. Ultimately, Hideko and Fujiwara were initially trying to pull one over on Suki. So I don't know if Hideko's trying to sell that she's actually into mm -hmm. Fujiwara or what's going on here, mm -hmm. but. There's a really great moment where Suki, who's already like kind of, you, you can already tell she's kind of into Hideko yeah. a little bit. She has this, she there's some VO from her where she's like, can't believe she's falling for yeah. that fake. And you see Hideko looking at Suki when she says that. So mm -hmm. it's like this weird double layered meaning thing where, you know, we'll find out later Hideko was falling for Suki. And it is like Suki was trying to pull one over on her. So that, like, there's all these like yeah. layers of, deception going on mm -hmm. but basically like she's waiting for the count to come in to do his art lesson and the count is just straight up outside flirting with yes. one of the other maids yes and then when suki goes to get him he just looks at her and kind of goes shakes his mm -hmm. head and she just goes back in and goes he's not ready yeah, for not, you which yeah. i'm just like i don't know what the game is here i guess necessarily yeah in i felt like you just like wanted her to wait on the surface level you think that Fujiwara is making Hideko wait to like make her long for him. Yeah. But we'll find out later that they're already in on it with each yeah, other. Yeah, so yeah. I, I don't know what the game is here. I guess, but I guess for I guess maybe to to, to test if Suki, Suki didn't will, know. Will, yeah. Suki was just mad and upset that he would make her wait all that while. I think he's constantly testing Suki. Mm -hmm to see if she's still on his side because mm -hmm. he needs to know that she's going along with the deception right that too and, yeah and so he's like i'm gonna tell her that i'm not here yeah and she needs to tell hideko uh -huh. that i'm not here so i know she's still loyal yeah to a certain extent which is what i yeah. assume but it is a little like once you realize all the layers of everything you are kind of like wait yeah, mm. a second. Like <laughs> you're trying to like do the math. You're like, what? what what's actually going yeah. on here? <laughs> like, why is he keeping this? Yeah. Um. But yeah, he's a little uh, he's a little touchy with Hideko. Mm -hmm. Sugi is not excited about it. We get yeah. a really interesting shot where he picks up one of the peaches. Yeah. And just fucking smashes oh, into know. it. <laughs> this juice everywhere. <laughs> and he says, almost, almost ripe. ripe. Yeah, and Suki's like, "What?" Already? You find out, yeah, she's like, "Alright." You find out that that was his code word mm -hmm. for you need to set her up when for she's me ripe. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna go in for the kill. Mm -hmm. And Suki's like, "Really?" But I guess that's the code. So mm -hmm. they're walking along a path. We get a really what I think is important scene where Hideko's sort of talking about how 
she like asked what happened to Suki's mom mm-hmm. and she's talking about how her aunt killed herself and mm-hmm. Suki has like kind of a thing where she's like my mom died by hanging too mm-hmm. and Hideka's like like she did it and Suki's kind of coy like I mean kinda she did technically do it to herself by you know being a thief she doesn't say that she's mm-hmm. we'll find out later what happened to her mom actually yeah. I think we'll find out in this scene because we get the uh Hideko's like, my mom died giving birth to me. Mm -hmm. I wish I'd never been born. And Suki, like, very earnestly grabs her face and she's like, Your mom would say she was glad to have you. You need to live your life and be, you know, grateful. And your mom would be glad that you're alive. And we get a really quick flashback where Suki is asking, like, sort of the uh, matron of the con artist guild, like, What happened to my mom? And she's like, she stole a thousand things, was caught once, died once. She's like, did she cry when she died? And the matron's like, she laughed. She said, I'm glad I had Suki and then got hung. Yeah. And then, and then like Suki like laughs her head off at this. It's, it's kind of wild, like the reaction or whatever. But yeah. there's a lot of like things are said to characters and then they repeat them to other characters because they clearly like made an impact on them and so we get like basically suki's like your mom my mom was glad to have me your mom would be glad to have you and she just is like that's the that's like the sort of like winning characteristic when it comes to suki she is like earnest and deep down like kind of a good person to a certain extent Mm -hmm. and so when she sees like hideko being like i wish i'd never been born she literally grabs her by the cheeks and is like no you deserve to live and I think you can kind of extrapolate that this is one of the moments where Hideko like falls further in love yeah. with her, where she's like, oh, shit, like, <laughs> yeah. uh, this person grabbed me by the face and said I deserve to be alive. And it actually like it was so moving. To yeah, me. <laughs> it was really moving. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I, I sorry. I'm like blathering on and on about this. But like, I mean, it's interesting because at the time you don't fully know all the layers of deception that are going on here but i think even in first watch you're probably like oh suki like gives a shit right yeah like she's catching feelings (laughs) catching feelings yeah (laughs) (laughs) she's not supposed to be um my my note here just says montage it's for sure one thing that i'm like man she did fall fast for like this big con that she's supposed to be a part of she just like (laughs) Fell so fast for this person who she's supposed to be conning. Yeah. Like immediately. It's interesting because like the movie really plays with the concept of like love at first sight. And mm-hmm. it's just like, I don't know. It's there's a great moment at the tail end of the movie. Seriously, guys, I can't stress enough. Watch the fucking movie before you listen to this. But P- like, please don't <laughs> listen to this. <laughs> uh, but there's a, a note that Hideko leaves for the uncle that's like, I will say the one thing I'll give the count is he did send me Suki, and I am grateful for that. But that's the only point he gets. <laughs> and mm-hmm. it is like, they just, these, it's like, you know, it's kind of, it's very romantic. It, the idea, mm-hmm. it's like these soulmates almost just yeah. happened across each other. And it just was like, yeah, we were meant to be. The way they compliment mm-hmm. each other, the way they just, yeah. they're obsessed with each other to a certain extent. Yeah. And the movie's subtle about it. In like a good way that you don't you don't have these extreme like I don't even know is there a moment in this movie where they tell each other they love them because I can't think um, of it. Um, yeah, I mean they never say like well, I love they, you. 
they don't say it specifically, I think. It was more um, the scene where she was like, what if I said I was... Sure, yeah. But again, like the restraint and the subtlety is just like, that's part of what really makes this movie for me, where... Mm -hmm. You just kind of have to be like, oh, yeah, that's a girl. Oh, God, I can't wait to get that scene. Fuck, all these scenes are so good. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but uh, there's a scene where they go out to paint, and mm-hmm. <laughs> poor Suki's like fucking overloaded with all these like paint supplies, giant easel yeah. on her back. Yeah. And the, that was. And the count's like, he's like, I need you to go back and get. <laughs> he's like, did you bring the water watercolors? She's like, yes, you told me to bring the watercolors. Yeah. I have them. He's like, oh. Well, you should go get the oils. This calls for yeah. oils. And she's like, you son yeah. of a bitch. And uh, just, like, just drops everything and runs. I love that shot because it's yeah. on Hideko and the Count. Mm-hmm. You hear the sound of all the shit hitting the, the, mm-hmm. like, the ground. And when it cuts back to her, she's already running. It like yeah. creates this insane sense of urgency. It, it just like the, yeah. I feel like 99 out of 100 directors would have shown her dropping this shit. And then, like, yeah. running off. You didn't need to, though. But yeah. it somehow is much more urgent by having her throw the shit down off screen. And she's already running when we cut back. Like, it's just, mm-hmm. oh, man. Like, ah. <laughs> 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 uh, But, yeah, she, by the time she finally gets back, Hideko's straddling the count. And they're, they're making yeah. out. But we get this really. Yeah. It seemed very off. Like the first time watching, that yeah, part. well, because it's like Hideko stands up and she looks very mm-hmm. almost like sorrowful at mm-hmm. Suki, and you're like, I yeah. feel like you're like, wait, what? And then of course, mm-hmm. like I was talking about the count when Suki sees him, he's like doing this crazy lounge back, yeah, and he like tilts yeah. his hat down a little bit, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's it's so, so much. funny, <laughs> funny, um. And it just seemed like a show, you know what I mean? Yeah. Suki's like, oh, I've been living in a fantasy world. Hideko is into the Count. So mm-hmm. I need to just kind of sell the Count being into her. But <laughs> Hideko is like <laughs> Uno reverse. Because this is the scene where, because yeah. like, like Suki's mad. She's stomping around. She's throwing fucking mushrooms on the ground. Uh, yeah. She's pissed. And yeah. she... Like Hideko's like ringing the bell again, just like a fun comedic moment where Hideko's like ringing the bell over and over and over, mm-hmm. and she finally yanks it yeah. so hard the bell like goes fucking sideways, <laughs> yeah. uh, and then yeah. and then Suki like finally comes in, and Hideko's like get into bed with me, I I you should I need you to lay down with me, and Suki's like Ugh, fine, I'll sing you like something like I feel a nightmare coming on, yeah, and she's like I'll sing you a song, but then Hideko's like all right. <laughs> it's time <laughs> yeah uh so i mean i guess again guys i mean brace yourselves uh but i mean this is this is where the first one happens brace yourself bessie <laughs> the first big one because hideko's like i'm afraid that he's gonna think i'm like a cold fish or make because like there's like a, a dead body or a corpse a corpse with my cold hands and cold feet. yeah because like you do see a scene later in the movie where the count was describing her with this language so you, you realize mm-hmm. it did stick with her in a weird way and mm-hmm. like this the scene's not subtle but what's going on here is hideko's like am i unlovable because mm-hmm. like what if the count thinks this but really she's like i hope you don't think this about me suki mm-hmm. and suki's like 
no, the Count will totally want to do this with you. And the whole, like, through line of the sex scene is like, because, like, Suki's like, fine, I'll just show her one thing and then I'll go to bed. And she, like, sucks on the sucker so that, like, her her lips will taste good. And then she starts kissing her. And then she's like, oh, where'd you learn to kiss like this? And she's like, my friend told me. And she's like, did. Yeah. And then Hideko's like, did she show you? And she's like, no, she just told me. And then she goes to pull yeah. back. And then Hideko grabs her and like pulls her in. Mm-hmm. And it just kind of jumps off from here where they're both using like the count stuff as this sort of like barrier. But it's like, it's funny how. Of like doing this to prepare for the wedding. Yeah. It's funny how long this goes on, this like con with each other where they're like, they're both yeah. like lying to each other, but just fully giving into their feelings where it's like mm-hmm. the count won't be able to resist your breast. And then she just immediately starts sucking on her boobs and stuff. It's like, oh, yeah. was it the count? Like, I mean, I'm sure right. I'm sure you're already on a first watch. Like, yeah, OK, this isn't mm-hmm. I understand yeah. what's going on. here. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but I mean, you know. At this point, we've had some like pretty sensual scenes, but what's like, what, what's the vibe here while you're when this? Well, what I was hits. trying to figure out <laughs> at first, before I really knew what was going on, is I wondered if um, if Lady was like really innocent and a virgin. Sure, sure, yeah, hundred. When this was, you know what I mean, and experiencing these feelings for the first time. But then, of course, like as you find out more about her character, well, I'm not so I sure. I mean, the that thing that's, that's interesting about her is. I guess if you asked me, I think she still is a virgin, but no, it's like, I think part of what the uncle's doing with her is that keeping her pure, and I use that as like yeah. a disgusting term, uh, because mm-hmm. no one should be- In the most, in the grossest way, yeah. Yeah, people should be fine fine to explore their sexuality, and it's neither here nor there, Purity like culture how long no you wait, or like whether you want right. to indulge, and but- yeah. Sort of the allure, I think, of Hideko, we'll find out later, that she basically reads smut to older men. Right. I think her, like, virginity... When she reads it, she almost gets nervous looking, and she's, like, sweating and patting the sweat away. Yeah, and it's also just, like, I think the uncle is, like... I mean, the uncle is, like, a perv in the weirdest way, and he's... He is the grossest pervert. <laughs> but he's also, he's not, like, visiting Hideko in the middle of the night. Right, like, he's not doing that. Like, I genuinely like. Yes, Hideko's read all this smut to people and experienced like the craziest like fantasies through books. But I do mm-hmm. think that I don't think she's. I guess I never really thought about it, but I don't think she's had sex before. I think she's just probably not hip to what goes on. But it's also kind of like what Suki says, where like, well, I didn't kiss my friend, but I was told about it, and it's like they've both mm-hmm. studied it so much, but they never they've never been able to act upon it before mm-hmm. and i think it also goes mm-hmm. in to the idea that they're very compatible in an interesting yeah. way like they fit together yeah. like a glove yeah. <laughs> yeah. which uh that same video i watched uh has a lot to say about the glove uh being a metaphor in this movie with oh. Hideko's mm-hmm. gloves and the fact they mm-hmm. toss it into the sea at the end and w- what that yeah. means and stuff so i was just like Park Chan Wook, you you've done it again. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I don't know. Like, obviously, we'll get more of this sex scene later to an even more intense degree. But I have to imagine you're just kind of like, uh, this is kind of like a sit up 
in like, oh shit moment. <laughs> yep. No, definitely. Like literally, <laughs> literally my face was like two inches from my TV. You, you were like, you were like Suki between. <laughs> like at some point I realized I was just standing as close to the TV as possible. And then I'm like, what am I doing? <laughs> Sit down. One of my notes does say, I forgot how hot this is. Cause it is hot. Like, um, but you're right. In yeah, the sense I was it, having some feelings. It is a little coy. Like it's not <laughs> cra crazy over the top with the nudity. It's no, it no. That's what I was saying is that it's so interesting because it's, it's really tasteful and it's not super gratuitous. And I've seen gratuitous yeah. films do this sort of thing. And like, it was more about the implied feelings yeah of what in the implied like what was happening without actually seeing it i don't know it's just like it was like reading a dirty smut novel you know yeah where it's like you're doing some of the work you know yeah where you're like and again because of the sound design it's like i feel like their sex scenes in this movie i more than almost any other movie i've ever watched i have like feelings of like not like you know dirty feelings but like when I mean, legitimately like the sense of feel touch the sense of you touch can, yes you can that there's like a very real tension that you can feel you can taste it it's like you it's hard not to draw upon your past experiences and be like yeah. i know what that feels like and i don't really know how to explain especially the first time yeah i don't know how to ex explain somebody. it's like <sighs> I apologize, guys, if this is too TMI. Seriously, I, I really do. But it's like the first time, like Suki, grab like puts her mouth on Hideko's boob. There's something yeah. about the way it's shot and the way she's like so into it that mm -hmm. it reminds me of the first time I ever engaged in a similar interaction. <laughs> and I was just like, I could feel it for a second. Where somebody sucked on your boob. <laughs> I mean, the reverse, but sure. Uh, <laughs> but <laughs> I was very Hideko in that moment. Uh, <laughs> but it's just like, I don't know. I wish I could breastfeed you. <laughs> I do say that to most people, just random people on the street. <laughs> like as they're driving by. I wish I could breastfeed you. <laughs> oh, their windows weren't down. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but it's just like i don't know i don't know how to explain it there's something so sensual about the film that again yeah. like what the sounds again the sound design yeah the sound i think the sounds the up close shot and just the body worship and the the yes. exploratory nature of it it's hard mm -hmm. not to think back to some of the first times where you're yeah. experiencing these things for the first time where you're like it yeah. is a new sensation that mm -hmm. no matter how much you read about it or see it, you can't fully capture what it is to like actually feel that in the moment. Yeah. And and yeah. like somehow this movie does it. it it's pretty wild. Mm -hmm. Like it's a just a real testament to how brilliant everything in it is. But that's I think well, I think <laughs> no, I mean something I just thought about is the fact that like she has all this book knowledge from the drawings and the stories that she would read mm -hmm. to the creepy old men. So even if she had no life experience, she like had so much experience with all these crazy positions, yeah, like yeah. Kama Sutra positions. Yeah, like she knows how to like And it's it's like to the max, right? It's like super smutty. 
and graphic. And so like, it's almost how people talk about like young people growing up with really hardcore pornography. Yes, very much so. In a way that, you know, people over their 40s, they didn't get to experience that as kids. They, you know what I mean? You had to kind of like watch broken up Playboy's station at your grandparents' house. <laughs> but yeah, it's like I, I was just joking with some of my friends about scramble porn and stuff like that. Scramble porn, yeah. <laughs> and like, but if you're, you're almost like, well, desensitized to all these really graphic sex acts. Well, that's what's crazy about this movie is that even though it's set in the 30s, it feels very contemporary in the sense that I, I've said to people, as someone that has, that peruses porn plenty in my life, I'm also in camp. It has warped our <laughs> brains and done something to us that's probably not good. And I think this movie has a lot to do with like, the uncle is warped by all the pornography that he surrounds himself with and like people's expectations of like what should go into a casual sexual encounter have been so wildly distorted. I don't know why I pronounced that that way. Distorted. Distorted. <laughs> uh, it's just like <laughs> reality versus what we see in the movies is not the same and it's like affecting us as people and it's yeah. interesting because like i think this movie is making a statement on like that they're able to sort of like pull back from that and just experience each other's bodies while using some mm -hmm. of the knowledge to like move forward but it's not like i don't know and, and they also like take some of the stuff like we'll get into the bell stuff later but i think the bell <laughs> stuff especially is like a metaphor for them like taking ownership of something that's been like smutified and like yeah. fucked up and perverted it's mm -hmm. interesting but it is still a little over the top it's like like i said someone like the I, I i read that like the scissoring came from like their friend was like oh you gotta have this in the movie but i know like some people <laughs> so watch this movie and go what the fuck what is this like uh, <laughs> so it's like i don't know it is kind of <laughs> funny to think about somebody watching this and not knowing what that is <laughs> it doesn't, I mean? doesn't fully show it too you just like see them sort of like clasping hands and just sort of like humping and you're like uh now i'm like looking back to like <laughs> like trying to watch this movie for the first time with a grandparent and <laughs> you and you just look over at them at that scene and they're like oh yeah the old scissor the old scissor i, I knew about that <laughs> you're like 80 year old one. grandmother yeah, scissors. Actually, that's why we called them scissors. <laughs> that, ta that takes me back. You didn't know it, but the sex position actually came first. <laughs> then we made the tool. It's kind of crazy. <laughs> we were like, what's that remind you of? Oh, yeah, like when I put my legs between her legs and we just rub together. That's like scissors. <gasps> when you rub, I rub, we rub. <laughs> when I rub, you rub. Yeah, just like that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh, well, and I was like cracking up too, just thinking about the behind the scenes of that and like these two women holding each other's hands and looking at each other while they're doing this <laughs> and not laughing. I mean, I do know they choreographed a lot of it, you know, clothed and, and like slow yeah. and stuff, but it is like, I don't know. It, it must be so. There must be just some part of your brain that just like detaches from itself <laughs> at a certain point when you're doing scenes like that. Sure. Where, sure. where you're just like, 
everyone's had the out of body experience where they almost feel yeah. like they're floating over themselves. Yeah. I feel like that'd be the only way I could get through a scene like that. I'm just like almost <laughs> observing. Or just like letting yourself really be in the moment. Yeah. <laughs> and not thinking about the fact that you're scissoring. <laughs> um, I think here. God. Uh, <laughs> don't worry, we re we revisit the sex scene, so we'll we'll hit it again. Uh, uh, but that's another thing I really love. Not to skip it all ahead. No, please. But I love that later you see the other side of certain scenes, and it shows so much more light to the scene. Yeah, I think that like um, the first time you see the sex scene, we're still very much in Suki's perspective. And when we revisit this scene, it's very Hideko-centric. Yeah. Because we're yeah. getting a lot more. And like... even, <laughs> I love that the very first encounter um, with Suki, she sees through the crack of that door, like her taking her clothes off and yeah, getting under yeah, the covers. Yeah. And like kind of just kind of peering in at that moment. Yeah, like when Suki. But you don't see that until later. Yeah, like we, when Suki like peeked in. Hideko was like waiting the whole time and she like slams the doll to freak Suki yeah. out. But then she yeah. peeks and you see Suki like take her clothes off and Hideko's like kind of yeah. leering at her a little bit like, oh uh -huh. shit. Yeah. Like, this girl's like yeah. cute and hot. Whoops. Mm -hmm. uh <laughs> Brought me just what I asked for or whatever. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't remember all the details of this, but I think it's like the count is giving Hideko an art lesson and they're and she's they're drawing Suki. And he's like kind of feeling up Hideko and Suki's like not yeah, having it. Mad. And the count tries to pay her to leave. And she goes to walk mm -hmm. out and she's like, I don't have anything else to do. And he's like, all right, you need to get the fuck out of here. And then we sort of like smash cut to them in this great, great visual of like these trees that form this weird like mm -hmm. alley or like pathway. Yeah. And it's the count and Suki. And he's like, yo, like, what the fuck are you doing? Why are you, yeah. <laughs> and sabotage. And she's like, You're, she's not into you. You're, you are fucking up, bro. And he's like, Do you feel how close we are? And again, this is another one of those weird scenes where he like oh, grabs God. her hand. Oh, so awkward. <laughs> Puts it on his junk. Yeah. And he's like rubbing it. And, <laughs> and I imagine that he like has an erection and he's like forcing her to hold Yeah. It. He's like, Do you know how close I am to this or whatever? And finally she just goes, Look, you are botching this. And, you need to mm -hmm. get your shit together. Because you're pushing too hard. And also, if you ever make me touch your tiny dick again, I'll fucking yell you. And she marches off. Yeah. And he's just like, oh. And he's like, whoa. <laughs> uh, but. He was shocked that <laughs> that she insulted his man. Yeah. He's all like, little dick. <laughs> yeah. But also it was kind of funny, right? It is funny. It it's like, chuckle. I have a hard time parsing it because it's like. The Even he kind of thought it was funny. Yeah, like, I don't think... This movie has this weird tone to where I'm not like, oh my god, I can't believe he did that to her. It's almost just more like... It's, like, done for comedic effect. It's not great. Obviously, you should never do that to somebody in real life, but... Right, but he's a scumbag. Yeah, it's like, we're not meant to hold this guy in high esteem. No, And also, she takes the power him. back by being like, you're tiny dick. What the fuck? Like, yeah. get your shit together, bro. And she, like, marches <laughs> yeah. off. But this is where we get the scene where when she marches back, she's sort of like massaging Hideko's feet. And she's like, mm -hmm. oh, your toenails have gotten so long. You must be in so, lo in, so in love with the Count. 
And Hideko's like, <laughs> I know it's so weird the amount of times that I feel like they talk about. It, the toenails. it feels like some sort of like uh, cultural lore or something. Like not trimming your toenails. Yeah, where it's just like I don't know if it's just like you know like a wives' tale. That's the phrase I was looking for. Like a wives' tale. Yeah. Like oh, your toes are your toenails are getting longer. But yeah, maybe they're not trimming. I don't know. <laughs> Who knows? Uh, but it's a big scene because Hideko's like, what if I told you I love somebody else? And she's like got tears in her eyes. Mm-hmm. And Suki kind of looks at her and she's like, you'll love the count. And Hideko's like, smack, smack. I know. I was like, dang, that's intense. Marches her out. But when you understand like the full yeah. context of the scene, which even at this moment, you kind of do. But you'll get even more yeah. context for it later. But you realize Hideko's like, look, uh, like from Hideko's perspective, again, guys, cannot stress enough that we're spoiling mm-hmm. this movie, but from Hideko's <laughs> perspective, she's like, I'm in on a plan with the Count to put you away, mm-hmm. but I like right. you a lot. And all you need to do is just say, you like me too, and mm-hmm. we're going to fucking do this thing. But Suki... Yeah. Well, at some point, she had asked her if she would ever betray her or whatever. Yeah, she has a couple, like, when she first meets Suki, and Suki's, like, saying she can't read, she's like, mm-hmm. you can do all, you can do whatever you want to me, but just don't lie to me. And then when they're mm-hmm. having sex later, she's like, say you'll never betray me. And Suki's yeah. like, I'll never betray you. Uh, Even though she knows that she was hired. It's so it's her. so good, like, the layers of it, though. Yeah. Uh, and. So basically, Hideko's like, just tell me you love me, and we will we will fucking uh, be gay, do crimes. It's going to be great. And Suki kind of <laughs> chickens out and just goes, you'll love the count. And Hideko freaks mm-hmm. out on her. Again, you're like not fully yeah. sure what's going on in this moment, but it's not good. Hideko is upset. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's crazy. Yeah. She just grabs her and marches her out and throws her <laughs> i know because i thought it was going to be a different kind of scene and then she threw her <laughs> oh you thought it was you thought it was going to lead to something yeah. else yeah interesting that's interesting yeah wow like i just expected that after she grabbed her really hard and aggressively like that that they would then start making out interesting yeah it's funny because like i don't feel like there's any locks on the doors so some of this stuff feels very arbitrary i'm like if Suki really wanted to just slide her door back open, she kind of just could. But, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, we'll see the fallout from this much later in the movie. But for now, mm-hmm. Hideko just throws her out. We we get this sort of like fast tracking of basically the Count's like, I want to marry you, Hideko. I'm going to pretend to leave. And then your uncle's going to leave. And I'm just going to swoop in and pick you back up. Uh, and Suki will come with us and we'll get married. And like mm-hmm. it, it's done really almost like shockingly quickly. And we see mm-hmm. the uncle go to leave. He's like, always room. Well, yeah, I didn't see, I didn't think it was going to happen. And then you see them. Yeah. Cause like the uncle goes to leave and then he stops and it's kind of ominous because you know that they've got this plan going. Yeah. And he's like, yeah. always remember if you want to run away, the basement. And you're like, oh, okay, what's going on there? Mm hmm. We get a really brief glimpse of a scene that will, I think, be much more impactful later, where they're sort of like fleeing through the big field of grass and stuff, because essentially they're going mm-hmm. to meet the Count where he's got a boat waiting, and they're going to row yeah. off and get married. But 
we'll get some recontextualization for that scene too, especially for like how thrilled they both are. Uh, cause you'll come to realize, oh, at this point they're together now, but we as an mm-hmm. audience don't fully know that yet. So it's, it's really interesting, but yeah. I don't know, like my notes for here are kind of like this scene goes on, th- these sequence goes on for a bit, but mm-hmm. my notes basically are just like, this is the sequence where they're at some like in, in the forest and like the count is arranging the marriage and like. Hideko and Suki are there and they're waiting because they're not sure what's going to happen. As far mm-hmm. as Suki knows, because we're still sort of in her perspective, she's sort of just waiting for the count to give the go ahead for we're going to put Hideko in a mental hospital and yeah. steal all of her money. Right. Um, but we mm-hmm. get these like brief glimpses of like they're swapping clothes and like let's play servant maiden and switch clothes. And there's even right. one moment where the count is trying to talk to Suki. And Hideko, like, mm-hmm. throws open the side door for a second, and they start, like, making out. Which is, like, mm-hmm. to me, watching it again is, like, a unsubtle hint. Like, okay, there's actually something, another layer going on here. Yeah. But I guess you don't fully yeah. know if, like, Suki's trying to keep the game up with Hideko at this point. Yeah. So maybe that's kind of how mm-hmm. it reads. But on a second mm-hmm. watch, it just feels like Hideko and Suki can't keep their hands off each other because they're so that's, in love. Yeah. But it... Yeah. I, I I guess I'm curious like And at the same time, like Suki is trying to make sure that Hideko goes through with this. Yeah, because she's still on like I guess she well, I mean at this point of the movie, Hideko and Suki are on the same team. So like Oh right. Like, once yeah, they've yeah, escaped, yeah. Hideko and Suki are on the same page. So yeah. everything that happens at the end is them pulling one over yeah. on the count. Yeah, actually. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. But then that makes it's funny because in retrospect, it makes the kissing that they're sneaking. When you're watching it the first time, it seems like Suki is placating Hideko by keeping her in the yes. loop. But on the second yeah. watch, you realize that actually they're just so in love with each other. They can't help but like make mm-hmm. out occasionally. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty interesting. I don't know for yeah. you. Like, yeah. it's like for me, that really stands out that moment where they're stealing kisses. Like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's really sweet. <laughs> but like on the first watch, yeah. like thinking Suki's going to maybe betray Hideko. I mean, are you feeling mm-hmm. like, oh, I mean, I don't, at this point in the movie, obviously you've been, you know where it is going, but when you were first mm-hmm. watching mm-hmm. it, can you remember, like, were you feeling some sort of, like, impending doom of, like, them committing Hideko? Or, like, what's, what's, what's like, the... It's got to be, like, kind of nerve-wracking um, at this point, right? I was sort of feeling like she wasn't going to go through with it. Mm. And if you don't think she's going to go through with it, that means that this next part where they do Mm -hmm. go to the mental ward, like, because I mean, this is one of the, this is the big twist. This is the big thing. So I just, I have to, I just want to put the ball in your court. Like what's, what's going on when you're watching it at this moment? Like when they go to the mental hospital. Like, I'm like, whoa, like, I can't believe she's actually going and doing this. And then it flips. (laughs) And they're committing her. And I'm like, what? <laughs> what? And it made me question everything. Honestly, I started backtracking in my mind. And I was like, wait a minute. Like, what if I've been watching this whole time? <laughs> like, how, like, did I miss something? No, it's just a twist. It's shocking. Like, it's shocking. Yes. I'm like, what? And then it, the way that it goes back and makes you feel like everything was actually about Suki and not not lady i'm like what 
What? <laughs> what? Wait a minute. No, what? Because if, pe- if people yeah. have never seen it, which God forbid you're still listening to this episode, but the plan all along has been Fujiwara is going to marry Hideko, but then mm-hmm. they're going to put Hideko in a mental hospital and he's going to pretend mm-hmm. that, and Suki's going to pretend to be Hideko so they can acquire her fortune. Yeah. At this point of the movie, as they're attempting to do this plan, the double cross happens. And instead, mm-hmm. they've convinced the mental ward that Suki is Hideko and has like, lost her mind and thinks she's like a servant and needs to be committed. Mm-hmm. And yeah. as Suki's like being pulled away, she's like, no, you bitch, how dare you? And Hideko's like, oh, it's so yeah. sad. And then her and Fujiwara go off. And then this is where yeah. we literally she does have tears in her a eye. little bit she starts to tear up and then like when she turns to face the cow she's like i want something to eat or something she turns to face the cow she tries to like blink it away and she's like i'm hungry uh, yeah <laughs> and then again the video i watched mentioned like the metaphor of the gloves of like where she's mm-hmm. not wearing them as she like commits suki mm-hmm. but then when she turns to fujiwara she puts the gloves back mm-hmm. on and stuff mm-hmm. but so this is the big part two twist where it's like Wait, what? Hideko was wait, hang on. And then so now we're getting yeah, sort of a retelling of the entire first chunk Mm -hmm. of this movie, but from Mm -hmm. Hideko's perspective. We actually start freaking love it. I love it. (laughs) We start with a young Hideko. And I think the scene's really important where Mm -hmm. she like it doesn't even you don't even see fully what happened, but she's being punished Mm -hmm. by the uncle and he has her Mm -hmm. put a bell in her mouth. And then he smacks her hand with these bells and like it's horrible. It's terrible. And you even see like the little like really bloody horrible. knuckles and stuff, like the makeup's mm-hmm. all on point and showing you like the abuse or whatever. And her aunt or whatever, like Yeah, it's not her aunt's her definitely not in this. It's like Sasaki, I think, is just holding her while she's being beaten. Oh, not her aunt. Who is the older woman who was like his wife? Yeah, Sasaki. Who is a servant. She's yeah. like the yes, head yes, maid. Yes. And yeah, head maid. I do think this scene's important. The only reason I like made sure I put it in my notes was because the bells really represent like <laughs> a moment in the movie where they're like she's taking back the power at yeah. the end, and so like yeah. this object that was used to abuse her, she's mm-hmm. repurposed it's- as like a tool of pleasure, and I think yeah. it's like just really metaphorically fascinating. Mm-hmm. So I just mm-hmm, want to mention mm-hmm. like when he. It's it's it sucks to watch. It's her on the. You're watching like a twelve year old be abused by yeah. a guy. It sucks, but mm-hmm. <laughs> and also like Sasaki's super mean to her, and she's like, "We need yeah. to conserve oil." And there's an ogre waiting for you if you scream. You have to wait in the dark. You have to lay in the dark. Uh, yeah. But then we get like the unsung Scared. hero of the movie, the aunt. She sort of like drifts mm-hmm. in almost like a ghost, and she's yeah. like, "Oh, I see you're being a complete bitch. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, why don't you fuck <laughs> off now?" And you're like, "Oh, the aunt's mm-hmm. awesome." Uh, she like mm-hmm. lights Hideko's lamp, but then mm-hmm. this is sort of where we dip into the aunt's horrible life. The aunt being the person that was married to the uncle. Yes, uh, he married her just out of like, I want to be Japanese, and she needs the the money, and so it's like a marriage of convenience. But he's mm-hmm. a complete controlling piece of shit, and we'll immediately mm-hmm. get a scene where the aunt is teaching Hideko to read like Japanese words by showing her like yeah. pictures, and there's this. Uh, a moment. You're saying dirty words. Yeah, they get to like the they get to like vagina and penis, and they both kind of giggle. They're giggling, and then this is where the 
uncle he just and again the pacing of this is insane because like you see him clock it stand up walk all the way over and then he just like grabs both of them by the face and just like squeezes their faces and just like rubs it for like a while uh and they're and they're both just kind of like grunting in pain and then he finally like aggressively lets them go and then Mm -hmm. they just kind of it just very like it was very triggering. Yeah, you just take it. It's he's like training them, I guess. It's humiliating. It's fucked up. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. and you also see like at some point, like he's having very young Hideko like read these pornographic books. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and she and wants her to read it the way he wants it. Yeah, because she's like reading it super quack, uh, super quack, uh, super quick, quacky, <laughs> super quacky. Uh, she's just sort of powering through it because, of course, it's awkward. Mm-hmm. He's like, "Don't yeah. read it like a dog lapping up water. Read it like your mm-hmm. aunt." And the aunt, you know, mm-hmm. she gives it pause, and then we sort of like use that to transition into what's going to be our first. Yeah. I guess I had no other term for it, but porn reading. Yeah. Uh, yes. She's sort of, you know, breathlessly reading these like dirty novels to this group of mm-hmm. men. It's also like. Yeah. The costume in this like, movie is very her. interesting because, like, when they do the readings, they're dressed up in these like yukata weird robes, very Japanese style, yeah. and these mm-hmm. all the guys in the audience are like kind of spread out and they're in like full suits, mm-hmm. like all of them are in yeah. full suits. It's a really funny moment yeah. when the uncle gets up once at one point after one of the readings, and he does it in this like really awkward bent over way where it's like heavily implying that he's got like an erection or something it's a, yeah. just like a really yeah. funny comedic moment mm-hmm. of like physical comedy but essentially like yeah. the uncle has the women in his house like read these novels to sort of like sell them to these rich guys yeah and the rich guys of mm-hmm. course are like they're being titillated by the performance but then thinking like i can own that book with all the smut like yeah uh, is like you know, just everyone's like it's one of those things where it's like, uh, no matter how powerful you get, and no matter how like crazy the world is, like sex can still somehow overrule everything <laughs> in, yeah. a, in a way. Yeah. And that's definitely like one of the underlying factors in this movie. And, and while we're getting the ants' backstory, we also Hideko also tells us like eventually the ant just hung herself. Um, mm. I think. Uh, Reading porn to the uncle Hideko. Oh, so I guess I didn't write it down, but at some point the uncle is like reading something to Hideko and it's like kind of fucked up. And yeah. he's basically like telling her, like, if you ever run, I will fuck you up. And mm-hmm. the aunt, you see her just getting like more and more like cr- like weirded out. And she gets up and tries to run. And that's when like mm-hmm. the gate slams. And then Oh yeah, because he tells her that he killed her. Well, this is later and all that later, like, later, later, yeah. he, he'll, later he'll tell like it's a it's a bit of yeah. a reveal, but we find out, yeah. in fact, the aunt didn't hang herself. Uh, mm-hmm. She tried to run away and the uncle killed her and then just mm-hmm. made it look like she hung herself. But yeah, we have this really interesting scene where the aunt tries to run and the gate, the Sasaki closes oh, the yeah. gate on her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it just mm-hmm. holds in this wide shot while the ant just <sighs> awkwardly walks back to the table. Walks back all quickly. And she even like doesn't go down the center. She goes off to the side and does these like little steps yeah. and then sits back down. Mm-hmm. And it's like so well done in the sense that yeah. you understand the ant is trapped and just wants out and she's losing her mind. 
because you can't like mm-hmm. take this fucking craziness anymore. She's, the feeling of it is so like when she's coming back and all you hear is the pitter patter of her feet. Yeah. It's like, it reminds me of coming into a class late and everything <laughs> stops and the lecture stops and everyone's just staring at you as you get to your seat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Very much so. But yeah, and then we, you know, we see the aunt has supposedly hung herself and someone like carries Hideko away. And uh, there's like a thing where we've seen it a couple times, but the uncle's like such a piece of shit that he has like servants carry him on their back while he's in a chair yeah. reading. Yeah. And you like see he didn't want the cherry tree cut down because her soul was in it. Mm-hmm. Some people said it was just because it was an expensive tree. But I yeah, like to think her soul wanna... was in it. And you're like, he's such a piece of shit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and he's like looking over the dead body while in the chair on someone's back. Like, it's just so over the top. Yeah. <laughs> um, Awful. So, oh, one thing, I was, one thing I was thinking about is the fact that the uncle is really only in his 40s or something, right? And he, they made him look like this gross old man. <laughs> the actor. <laughs> yeah. I think like... You know what's funny is like towards the end of the movie, yeah, it says uh born April third, seventy six. So he literally would have been oh. fifty when they shot this. Mm-hmm. I guess like just under fifty. They made him look like it was like I think he's like, he like as much as he's a perv, or... I love his look in the last scene of the movie. Oh, me too. Whereas he's yeah. all disheveled and fucked up. Like <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> And it, it yeah. kind of does work a little bit because, you know. There is a couple flashbacks to when Hideko was younger and they give yeah. him like black hair and he does look a little more mm-hmm. age appropriate. Yeah. I think it kind of fucks with you because like by casting someone that's like kind of attractive as the uncle, it kind of like messes <laughs> with your brain just a little bit because he is just like a piece of yeah. shit pervert. But when you like yeah. look at the actor himself, you're like, well, I don't know. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I mean, he's kind of got something going on. He's got a little bit of daddy yeah. energy. <laughs> 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 i don't know what that laugh was just yeah. uh we kind of like use the aunt's death as like sort of uh immediate transition into the uncle just sort of immediately replaced her with hideko who was doing these mm-hmm. readings and we get mm-hmm. like kind of our first real reading where she's reading to this audience this is the first time the count has come to the manor she's reading this mm-hmm. story about this night who comes into this place where it seems like the lady of the house is being abused by the man mm. of the house. Uh, it's like, uh, I, I don't know how deep into the weeds we want to go into this, but mm-hmm. it is like, it's interesting. Cause it's like the first time we're seeing Hideko do these readings and it's very revealing because mm-hmm. up to this moment in the movie, we had no clue about any of this like pornographic, crazy, smutty yeah. nonsense that was yeah. going on. Yeah. And yeah. turns out, Hideko's reading. Start talking about it's not, flesh curtains and well, but it's also whatnot. like so. Like the novel that she's reading is like this knight offers to take her place to be like whipped in the ass with yeah, this like yes. thing, and then he agrees to like give anything to fuck her, and then as he's yeah. fucking her, her husband is strangling him to death. Like not only is it smut. Yeah. Yeah. It's like crazy mm-hmm. smut. <laughs> like it's like yes, it's yes, like yes, snuff yes. film smut. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> so it's like like th- there's this, these other layers to it where it's not just like oh she's reading a book about like a 
a knight saved a lady and they, you know, <laughs> had sex in the forest glen. It's like right. three layers deep of like crazy ass BDSM death sex. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And like, I just love like how they have Fujiwara be the knight sort of in the scenario and she's mm -hmm. there and the count is there. But then mm -hmm. as he's like getting spanked, other people in the audience are imagining <laughs> it's them and they're jolting yeah, with each they're hit. They're all jolting in ecstasy. It should be mentioned if, again, seriously, if you guys have never seen this movie, shame on you. Like, please, uh, please, please. But please, she's please doing like stop. the sound effects. And, and of course, she's doing a great job. Mm -hmm. like, yeah, she's like whoosh. reading these things where she's like, she's doing voices where like the night, the yeah. night's like, oh. I will take the lady's place. She does this like hus husky yeah. thing. Yeah. And like yeah. she's like nailing. I, I mean, I, I'm kind of like mm -hmm. as fucked up as this whole thing is. I'm like, I'd like to attend one of these readings. It seems kind of yeah. fun. Uh, <laughs> but and like you just see people like adjusting their trousers and they're just like awkwardly. Yeah. And they're all like sort of spaced apart, too. It's very funny. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But it is like if you imagine like the 30s buttoned up you know almost victorian era korea mm -hmm. it probably this probably is about as crazy as it got to a certain extent yeah. but i guess i don't know maybe they had trip clubs back then but <laughs> it's just like like i said at the end of this like night reading because i think it's important because they use this as a point of reference a couple times later in the movie where fujiwara tries to convince hideko to kiss him and he uses mm -hmm. this story he's like imagine not you're i'm the knight and you're the lady from the story and then later when hideko yeah. tries to seduce him she refers to the story again to sort of like get him titillated yeah. because she can see in his eyes like when she was reading the story he was like oh mm -hmm. holy shit mm -hmm. this is like i was here to like con this guy but i wasn't expecting to mm -hmm. catch a boner on the side here because mm -hmm. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. it is very titillating uh and you know mm -hmm. and to raise it even higher the uncle's like and you too can own this crazy ass book uh, is that it's kind of sad though because there was this silk screen Page. printout of like the position and the one guy's mm -hmm. like you could have named your price if you still had that and you see the uncle like really frown yeah. Uh, and yeah. he's like yeah. well to that end we have something for you and he does this fucking marionette falls out of the yeah, ceiling this wood marionette. Yeah. <laughs> I mean this is like an iconic scene in the movie yeah. I mean it, for you that's got to be like a when the marionette falls and you're watching this unfold, it's got to be like, a, what the actual fuck is happening? Yes. Right <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> like, were you? And then all of a sudden I was having flashbacks of being John Malkovich. Because, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, you listen to her tell the story, but I, I do think it doesn't fully compute until you see the uncle, like, slip the rope around the mm -hmm. wooden doll's neck and you're like, yeah. This is crazy. <laughs> well, and I feel like it was like the guys were saying that they needed to be able to see the position. Well, yeah, and, and, and that's like how that's how the and so, that's how the uncle sells these books where he's yeah. like he wants this image of Hideko riding this man right. with the guy with the rope mm -hmm. around his neck. Like that's yeah. like whoever buys this book will like yeah. have that memory while they're Presumably mm -hmm. jerking off the book later, I guess. Like, right. I mean, that's yeah. got to be like the end game. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but like. And so is it implied that the way that that thing lifts up off the ground and she stays on it like that, that there's some appendage sticking out on that wood mannequin? 
I didn't think that, but I don't think you're... Because I'm like, what's holding her up? <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> You'll have to go back and look at this. Yeah, a, let's do a breakdown of like the... <laughs> <laughs> I think it's just pure core strength. <laughs> yeah. She has a lot, she has a lot of crunches in her, in her downtime. <laughs> Thigh master. <laughs> uh, but... Yeah. Sort of the after this, the count hangs back. It's a pretty long scene, and it's a pretty informative scene too, where the count is talking to the uncle, and we get a lot like counts like why Japan, and he's like Japan is great, mm -hmm. Korea is trash, and the count's like mm -hmm. a lot of people would say the exact opposite. Yeah, you know, right, right, right. Grass is always greener. The count's basically mm -hmm. like I could fuck any person in this building that I wanted, except for one. And the count's like, mm -hmm. oh yeah, and he's like. And he's like, you were in the counts, like you were with Sasaki, right? She was your wife. And then you divorced her for a Japanese wife. And he's like, sure. He's like, I hear you guys still, you know, get together all the time. And he's like, whatever. And he's like, <laughs> he's like, could you better? And he's like, if I wanted to, she'd be at my door with nothing on in fucking two seconds. Uh, and you're like, holy shit. Uh, and then finally the yeah. uncle's just like, well, who could you not fuck? Like, tell me. And he's like, yeah, Deiko. Yeah. And Uncle's like, what? And then the count has like this whole like, I looked at her eyes. It's all I need to know. And then he has like lines where, yeah, it'd be like making love to a corpse and mm -hmm. cold fish and all that stuff, which mm -hmm. Hideko will subsequently almost immediately throw into his face yeah. because basically yeah. we just cut straight to at the dinner, like the first dinner where the count's there. He the count has like arranged for a phone call to distract yeah. the uncle, which is just like kind of mm -hmm. like a baller fun little yeah. plot move where you're like oh yeah. shit the count's like kind of smart and he's mm -hmm. basically like look i'm gonna visit you later you cool mm -hmm. and she's like oh am i like a dead fish to you and he's like just <laughs> just meet me later and she's like fine uh he, he shows up and it's it's like really it's just a great moment where he's like i was gonna seduce you and she's like yeah and he's like i realized i couldn't she was like i mm -hmm. thought so yeah. <laughs> and he basically is like it's kind of funny because you kind of, and I'm not necessarily saying you're on the Count's side at this point, mm -hmm. but I do like that the Count is just like, look, here's the deal. Normally I would try to like make you hot for me and pull yeah. all this bullshit, but you're smarter than that. And yeah. it's one of those like double layer cons where you're like, yes. Okay. So he's like conning me, but he's like telling me I'm smart. So mm -hmm. like what's actually mm -hmm. going on here. But you know, mm -hmm. the thing is like Hideko, is not in a great situation herself. Her mm -hmm. uncle is just grooming her to be his wife. It's so Because gross. he wants her riches. Because essentially, her family is yeah. the one that has the money, not mm -hmm. him. And so he's basically mm -hmm. just like, yeah, read my smut, and then I'll marry you, and I'll be rich. And she doesn't mm -hmm. really have much of a say in it. So mm -hmm. she sees an opportunity for an out here. And so you're seeing these two like powerful figures sort of like yeah. square off with each other, essentially. Mm -hmm. But it is also like, not being 100% sure what was going on up to this moment, it's got to be kind of like, a, oh, shit, okay, hang mm -hmm. on. Like, it's a very, like, got to reorient yourself in the story type of moment. Like, were you yeah. having, was it all, like, tracking for you in this moment? Were you, like, keeping up okay? Yes. And as soon as, as soon as things started to twist, I was like, oh, okay, yeah. It's also when the count is... I totally felt like I tracked this whole movie. Like I never felt lost in this, even though it bounced around a bit. 
Well, I think it's a testament to I how well like crafted it, it is. Good storytelling, yeah. Like it's not trying to confuse you, right? Like it it wants you to follow along so that you're understanding, and because it's got it's got like not just one extra hand, but two extra hands to play. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. it doesn't want you to get lost back on the first hand because it wants you to feel by the time like the third reveal happens, mm-hmm. be like, oh shit, mm-hmm. okay. So yeah. you, you told me this, but then you told me this, but actually it was mm-hmm. this crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, and while he's sort of propositioning Hideko, this is where she basically she tells Fujiwara like, oh yeah, and then like, I don't want to run away because I don't want to end up in the basement. And he's like, well, what what do you mean yeah. in the basement? Mm-hmm. And she basically show you see this flashback yeah. where he's like, I'm going to tell you all the horrible things I did to your aunt before I killed her yeah. and then yeah. killed her. If you ever fuck with me, this is what will happen to you. And yeah. so it's like just yeah. hard confirmed mm-hmm. the aunt was because she goes to the, the uncle and she's like, I heard when you get hung, your mouth is open and you shit yourself. Mm-hmm. And my aunt wasn't like that. So mm-hmm. what's up with that? And he's like, huh. Let's go check out this basement real quick. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. And it's super mm-hmm. scary. It's like she's yeah. like 12 years old and it's like, mm-hmm. dude. <laughs> I and you, you you don't see it yet, but you hear the sloshing of the octopus. Yeah. And it's like kind of yeah. implied that that played a factor maybe in his like mm-hmm. torture of the ant, which is just like this mm-hmm. extra layer of grossness like Mhm. It's pretty brutal. Yeah. It's actually very dark. Especially considering the drawings in the books and everything. Yeah, too. you see like a drawing of like two octopus like sort of it's like it's this weird thing where it's like if you know anything about like Japanese hentai and stuff like that, like mm-hmm. tentacle porn is like a thing and it's like where did it's it, a thing. where did it come from? It, it, it's got all yeah. these weird illusions. It's creepy. Credit to the movie. It doesn't show you any of this horribleness but right it's it's implied enough to be like oh god this is really dark mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh yeah because my note just said, worth noting they confirmed the uncle killed the aunt because she tried to run away uh mm-hmm. and so hideko's like paralyzed by the potential of this happening to her mm-hmm. even though fujiwara is like oh i got you boo we'll we'll figure this out she's like <laughs> i don't know man but she she goes along with it yeah oh yeah and this is where we get another reading from Hideko where she's doing sort of a lesbian story for the audience mm-hmm. with the bells. And mm-hmm. there's all this like power outage stuff throughout the movie. Yeah. And there's been a lot made of like the symbology of this moment where the power fully goes out and she's in the dark while she's reading mm-hmm. this story. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. people have talked about how it's sort of implying that she's able in the darkness, not seeing these men leering at her to sort of get engrossed in the story and almost imagine yeah. Sookie as yeah. her partner yeah, yeah. with these bells and the, the Jade Gate and all that mm-hmm. weird verbiage. Yeah, the Jade uh, Gate. Yeah. <laughs> but because uh, the scene sort of folds itself into the sex scene and we see more of the sex scene. Yeah. Uh, like my notes just say, I guess I'll just say, here's what my notes say. Back to sex scene, don't betray me. 69ing, scissor, you're a natural. <laughs> Fuck, this scene is so bonkers. So, I mean, if that guy's, yeah. if that tells you guys anything yes. about what's going on, I guess. Yes. Because <laughs> it's like, mm-hmm. we see Suki, like, go in on her again, and we see her, like, actually enjoy the oral, for lack of a better term. Right. And then it progresses, like, a full, she, like, she says, like, don't you ever betray oh, me. Wow. And she's like, 
I will never. And they do a full on 69, which I was like, God damn. I was like, well, they're going for it. <laughs> but I was just like, yeah. what a, I mean, that's just gotta be awesome. <laughs> but, <laughs> uh, but it's like, they, and then they scissor and then Suki's like, you're a natural. I can't believe you've taken this so well. And Hideko's like, yeah, totally. No worries. Uh, it's kind of crazy. Wow. Because <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, then at one point, like, Suki's like sitting on Hideko's lap and Suki's like suck, uh, like Hideko's like sucking on Suki's breast. And she's like, I wish I could yeah. breastfeed you. And Hideko's like, I'm sorry, guys. I'm just going to say it. Hideko's like fingering her. And yeah. And so he's just like, Jesus fucking Christ, like, what the fuck is happening? Yeah. And you're just like, Jesus. Uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, but it, it gets folded into the Bell story. And so, but I do think it's very telling that it's like Hideko. And I know you mentioned like, oh, Hideko's like nervous and like has to like wipe the sweat off. But I did note upon this rewatch, the only time she patted herself down was in with the girls was scenes. in this scene after yeah. the darkness i think it's the only yeah. time she actually got flushed reading something because mm. it actually you know like washed over her and yeah and like uh i did have that thought too yeah um it's good it's like again it's like very with like the where'd you learn this and i'll never betray you like yes there's like mm -hmm. gratuitous sex happening but there's also like serious character development plot stuff happening yeah. and i think that's like just such a I don't know. I'm just like anyone that's like, oh, the sex scenes are bullshit. I'm just like, eh, shut the fuck up. Uh <laughs> Here's the thing. Like, I mean, I don't want to make um, generalizations, <laughs> but I could see like, I don't know, from a hetero male perspective, I could see it feeling like... um the 69ing and the scissoring and stuff was for male gaze. But also from a female perspective who's been with other women or serious relationships with other women, you might be like, yeah, of course, scissoring. Yeah. <laughs> well, they're both just so okay. into it too, where it just, the scene seems so much about like them pleasuring each other in any way they can. They're, yeah. they're having this very like exploratory, situation where it's almost like what inch of my body can i make you feel good with almost mm -hmm. like it, it just there's like a well also if you have no experience before this like sexual experience you want to try like all these things, yeah all the moves. totally totally like you've been waiting to try these out <laughs> it's like i've been reading about this for i've been reading about this yeah for like fucking 15 years let's that's this is what all the kids are talking about. <laughs> what all the kids are talking about. Word on the street is uh, scissoring is cool. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's it's great. Like we revisit the sex scene; it's even better the second time. Um, we find out that uh, again, like a lot of the back half of this movie is sort of like seeing scenes from another perspective. But we find out that when Suki was meeting. Fujiwara in the trees. Hideko was fucking mm -hmm. there the whole time, like watching. Yeah. And like yeah. Fujiwara is just like, see, I told you, she's like trying to pull one over on you. And Hideko's like, I don't know. She seems kind of innocent yeah. to me. And Fujiwara, like, yeah. this is a great wide shot of him like smoking and like blowing out yeah. smoke. He's like, what is with you women today? Like, yeah. he's like, is yeah. nobody on the same fucking page as me? And you're just like, oh man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and this is like the scene that leads. Cause like Hideko's like watching this and she's like, 
Suki's like trying to defend me, but she is still mm-hmm. going along with his plan. And this leads to mm-hmm. the replay of her being like, what if I told you I yeah. love somebody else? And yeah, Suki's like, you'll love the cow. And, and you realize now it was kind of a test. Yeah. You realize why Hideko was so hurt in this moment. Yeah. And she actually yeah. shoves Suki out of the room and you yeah. see her get mm-hmm. the box with a rope in it. Uh, mm-hmm. And you're just like, oh, shit. Yeah. Uh, and then this leads yeah. to, for my money, the best scene in the movie uh, where you see Hideko crawling out on the limb of the tree. She's got the fucking noose mm-hmm. around her neck. Yeah. The thing's tied nice and tight. And mm-hmm. she just finally, she like hangs herself under the tree and then just lets go. And then yeah. she like kind of stops and you don't mm-hmm. fully, the way that it's just masterful framing. Like mm-hmm. you don't really understand what's happening. Cause she like gets stopped and you're like, wait, what's going on? And then the, the camera like pulls out and <laughs> Suki's there and she's caught her and she's like, no, I'm so sorry. Don't kill yourself, please. I'm sorry. You don't need to yeah. die. You don't want to die. I, I yeah. was, I was lying to you this whole time. Yeah. I was trying to yeah. trick you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I just, oh man, I just. And she's like, bro, I know. It's funny because she's like, she's like, it's okay, Suki. <laughs> like, and then there's like a moment where she's like, please don't die. And she's like, wait, what did you just call me? <laughs> she's like, I, why do you know, you my, know name? my name? <laughs> and she's like, look, she has this great line where she's like, I'm not going to apologize to you because you were trying to trick me too. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. just so you know, this entire thing has been about me and the Count putting you away. And mm-hmm. she's so soft. I love the way. God, I just like love the angle of the shots. It's mm-hmm. like the slight Dutch on both them, close on their faces, as mm-hmm. like Suki's like holding her by the ankles, and yeah, Suki just sort of has it set in. And then she, we cut to this wide shot, and she's like, "That son of a bitch, motherfucker!" And she like lets go uh, yeah. of Hideko. Hideko just is like. <laughs> she just starts hanging (laughs) and it takes like a minute but but then finally Suki's like oh shit and like comes back and like pulls her Mm -hmm. back up yeah oh it's my favorite scene in the whole movie it's great it's great yeah I'm hoping that at this point you're also enough on the wavelength you're laughing at that moment oh yeah 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 Yeah, um yeah I just don't know what more I can say it's just it's beautiful I love that scene it's everything because it's where they're mm-hmm. both finally nakedly honest with each other. Yeah. And it's also like, yeah. it's really sadly beautiful because Hideko, what she, she is trying to kill herself in this moment. And her yeah. options mm-hmm. were go with Fujiwara's plan and put Suki in the mental hospital and run off with him. Mm-hmm. And she's like, I can't take this. I'm just fucking taking, I'm taking the express train out. Yeah. And like, because so, you, you realize like, oh, she loves Suki and doesn't want to do this to her, and she's just mm-hmm. fucking sick of it all. She's gonna kill herself. And then, and, and Suki has sort of said like, I'm on Fujiwara's side, so she doesn't got that to lean on. Mm-hmm. But then Suki like shows up to be like, please, please don't kill yourself. I like you, okay? Yeah. Like, oh, it's just mm-hmm. it's such a great scene. It's, oh, man. <laughs> Yeah. I'm sorry. I just like I, I feel like I'm not no, giving you a lot of room to like really express how you felt during this, but I just I just man, fuck this scene so good. <laughs> no, it was really good. I really I mean you're saying all the things. 
<laughs> that's the problem. I'm saying all the things. I don't need to yeah, say you're all the saying things. All the things. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, we get like a what I called like the second prestige. Essentially, we get Hideko and Suki. Oh shit! Turns out they were mm-hmm. on the same team the whole time. They mm-hmm. they make a secondary plot to betray Fujiwara, and so mm-hmm. my uh. My notes here get a little vague, I will say, because sort of like the second half of the second act slash third act, it's kind of all one big sequence of just sort of mm-hmm. Suki and Hideko's mm-hmm. plot playing mm-hmm. out now that we, because this is the last like big twist of the movie. Like, so basically you're like, okay, Suki and Fujiwara, we're going to put Hideko in a mental hospital second yeah. act oh shit Hideko and Fujiwara were working together third mm-hmm. act oh shit Hideko and Suki were working together the whole time yeah. like it's, it's like yeah, this yeah, crazy yeah. oh man again it's like it's so it's so fun on a first watch but shit <laughs> I gotta watch it again I mean I have to watch it again <laughs> but because especially that scene where she's committed to the hospital or whatever the mental institution. Mm-hmm. Um, when you look back and you think, "Oh, they were in on it together." Yeah. And that's you know, and she's like screaming and acting so shocked and betrayed that she's being committed and like yeah, like it's a surprise. But there is like there is like, like an element tears in Hideko's eyes and stuff, and it's all like they were working together. But there is like an element to danger of their plan, where it's like they are putting her in the hospital. And they they are putting her in harm's way, and they're banking on he's her. He's planning on having her killed in there. Yeah, and and when when Hideko, there's a great moment where he's like, "Yeah, in a couple of days they'll fully just kill her." And you see Hideko kind of like stiffen up and be like, "Yes, yes." Oh wait, huh? What's they won't that? Just like take care of her there. <laughs> uh, yeah, and she's kind of like having to because because she thought she was just going to live in there. Yeah, at the beginning of the movie, Suki was treating Hideko like she was ignorant. And then yeah. you find out that Suki's the one that's a little more ignorant than Hideko. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. Hideko is being asked to trust in Suki's skills to get out of this place. Yes. And when she finds out Fujiwara is like gonna have her killed, she's kinda like, mm-hmm. Oh fuck. Like yeah. I'm really banking on Suki like being able to take care of herself and it's terrifying yeah. that I can't help her. Yeah. Um, I don't really know. I don't know who sets the fire. I don't know where the, I don't know if the fire was Hideko's doing or what's going on mm-hmm. with that. Like, cause it's obviously the distraction I that, think gets, it was. that gets Sugi out of there, but mm-hmm. they don't really explore that very thoroughly. Yeah. Uh, it just seems like it was planned, but. And she had like snuck something to unlock herself. And yeah. She had like her little hairpin. She had been plotting. Yeah. There you <laughs> go. Yeah. It's got that up close shot of her pulling the pin out. Yeah. Her. But we, before all of this, we do now that we know that Hideko and Suki are together, we get sort of, we get this scene where Hideko's like, I'm so afraid to run. If I ever leave, he'll take me down to the basement. And Suki's mm-hmm. like, what do you mean the basement? And they go down there and Suki just, fucking goes nuts on the uncle's like book collection yeah it's a long scene and i think this is one of the scenes that people come back to a lot in this movie because people don't fully it feels like people can't fully put their finger on why it feels so good and cathartic Mm -hmm. Mm because it is like i mean 
you know, I work at a library. I love books. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. it's weird to watch a scene where books are being destroyed and feel happy about it. But well, they're his <laughs> like most prized possession. Yeah. He's they're like destroying everything. He has this control over Hidego. This is the smut yeah. he's made her read. Yeah. He, this is his most prized stuff. He, he cares mm -hmm. about these books more than people. It's one of the things that uh, I think above this entire movie because Fujiwara and the uncle their thing is they're very materialistic yes and like fujiwara also tries yeah. to play on suki and her materialism right mm -hmm. and ultimately what's so great about this scene is that suki's like stuff doesn't matter what matters is people and mm -hmm. i care about you and this horrible shit that this guy's done to you so fuck yeah. him i'm putting red paint on his books <laughs> i'm smashing his shit i'm throwing it into yeah. his Crazy! I don't know what what is the water under the the tatami mat? Oh yeah, the fountain. It's like yeah, so, they're like little fonts. Uh, yeah. It's like none of this Just matters. None of it matters because me and you are what matters. And mm -hmm. like it's this like in a movie where it's all about like who's going to get the money and who's going to have the material wealth and who's going to have the books and the gold mine yeah. and the house and all the fancy clothes mm -hmm. and jewelry. Ultimately, all that really matters is these two characters love each other, and yeah. that's what's so fucking romantic about it. I think that's what's yeah. so romantic about her just just and it's also just I mean it's always satisfying in a movie to watch someone just go fucking crazy and yeah. destroy shit. Yeah, just destroy stuff, yeah. <laughs> it's just fun. You have to imagine it was as an funny actor, to see it must them just be like so fun. put all the red paint in the water yeah. and dump all the books into it. <laughs> and then you know, the final symbolic shot where she's got that like giant piece of metal and she fucking slashes the cobra. Like, fuck your phallic symbol it's it's very mm -hmm. like as this movie goes on the more you realize it's like okay it's not even being subtle anymore but yeah. <laughs> yeah. it is like i just have noticed the scene like really resonates with people and the music of course is like just mm -hmm. powering in and you're just like oh yeah, shit great. and like hadega just like almost watching she for like mm -hmm. this the scene's like I, I saw a funny review that was like doctor says you have five minutes to live me knowing the book destroying scene is four minutes and 40 seconds cool uh, <laughs> like, so it's like sadeko spends like three and a half minutes just watching suki like destroy these implements yeah. of her oppression essentially mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. she's just like stunned and, and for me it's like suki's just like it's like suki's a real one she's like no mm -hmm. i love you i hate that this man did this to you i'm yeah. gonna hit him where it hurts because fuck yeah. him, fuck him for doing this to you. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. it's just so powerful. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. And then she, and then she starts participating. Mm -hmm. She's great. She starts helping her. Yeah. She throws the red paint, kicks a couple of the yeah, books yeah, in. Yeah. You're like, yeah, get it. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I think we also sort of see a reevaluation of them fleeing. And there's like this great moment mm -hmm. where, they get to this teeny wall. It's like this teeny stone wall. And mm -hmm. Suki just like leaps over it, no problem. And Hideko kind of stops and she just looks like frozen. And yeah. Suki like leaps back over, puts a couple suitcases down and like helps her over yeah. it. I wouldn't have noticed this honestly, but this video I watched pointed out that when Hideko like steps up on top of the wall, the camera like zooms into her face and rises about to almost hit her face. She jumps mm -hmm. and like leaps, yeah. leaps out of frame. Actually it's done in this like mm -hmm. really mm -hmm. great. interesting symbolic way. Cause at first you think that 
you don't know how far down they're jumping. Yeah. And it's also just like, but it's also like the wall is actually not that big, mm-hmm. but it's her psychological hangups are preventing her from leaving. She's scared. Mm-hmm. And Suki's mm-hmm. like, I got you. I'm here. Mm-hmm. And you're just, and she's mm-hmm. like, fuck it. We got this. Mm-hmm. And it's like, ugh. It's like so good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and also mm-hmm. just like they're so joyful when you see them like running through the field, just yeah. like happy and free. And yeah. <laughs> but yeah, we see uh Hideko's like, I'm hungry. We see them having dinner. And mm-hmm. uh it's like a lot of like the count monologuing about love and how it's not real. And he gives a little bit of his backstory of like I paid like a month's worth of salary to like have a nice meal and these guys took pity on me and told me what was up and I just wanted to be rich so I don't have to care about money but then he also yeah. drops like yeah I'm gonna have Suki killed and it's funny because it feels like maybe Hideko wasn't gonna like offer him up as like a sacrifice but mm-hmm. when he sort of goes oh yeah I was gonna I, Suki's gotta die she's a loose end that's the yeah. moment where Hideko's like okay well you're expendable. Mm-hmm. Fuck you. Yeah. Because uh, yeah. it is like, I don't know about you, but like, I like the Count as a character. He's an interesting character. And I remember mm-hmm. the first time I watched it feeling a little conflicted about the ending as far as what happens to him. But it was like on the second watch, I was like, well, you were going to kill Sucky. Like, so fuck you. Like, you're actually a piece of shit. Uh, I don't know. I don't yeah. know how you feel about it. Well, and he got a little bit rapey. <laughs> yeah, towards the end. <laughs> yeah. That's very fair. Uh, <laughs> we see, we get a juxtaposition while they're eating this fancy dinner. Uh, Suki, like, bites into a rice ball. There's just, like, a full cockroach mm-hmm. in it. It's like, how, yeah, how did yeah, this even yeah, happen? Yeah, yeah. And she, like, laughs yeah. maniacally. Starts laughing, yeah. <laughs> but there's a fire. We yeah. we pretty much can assume she, this is where she makes her escape. Mm-hmm. It's a little chaotic, but... Mm-hmm. Hideko shows up at the Count's room and you know you see her there's been like there's been a through line of basically when the Count was propositioning Hideko he's like the day we get married I will give you this vial yeah. and mm-hmm. it's like three will put people to sleep five will put a horse to sleep you drink the whole thing yeah. you'll die so even if and that's such an important thing to remember him telling her that oh yeah, yeah. and like so basically he's like you, the the um, your uncle will never be able to torture you because if I give you this, if you really just want to take the easy way out, boom, mm-hmm. you swallow this, you're done. And so mm-hmm. she's like, okay, cool. Well, she's been given this vial, but then she uses this really important vial to her, this vial that's supposed to be her safety net from the uncle. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She uses it to poison Fujiwara so that mm-hmm. she can finish her plans with Sugi, which I think like, yeah, she probably still has enough of the liquid left to like matter. But I do mm-hmm. find it very interestingly symbolic that she's willing to spend some of this precious liquid to mm-hmm. commit to her plan with Suki because this is supposed to be her safety net. And so like the second mm-hmm. time around, I was like, oh, it's like actually really interesting that she's using this tool to mm-hmm. poison Fujiwara instead of yeah. just like keeping it in case they get caught. I, I don't know. Right. Like maybe I'm reading too much into it but yeah i know she was just like i'm all in and it's like you get some this has been in a couple movies before if if anyone's ever seen misery they've done a scene Mm -hmm. like this but Mm -hmm. classic like someone's goblet has been drugged we know it we are just Mm -hmm. like on the edge of our seats like is he gonna drink it (laughs) 
because <laughs> she shows up with this drugged glass of wine, hoping to knock Fujiwara out. And this motherfucker. Well, and she's being seductive in it, like making it sort of a sex play. Yeah, she's like, "I'll let you do Twitch. one kiss," and he's all like, "I don't believe you. You're full of shit." And she's like, "Think of the night," and he's like, "Oh, maybe," but he's still not drinking the wine. You're like, "Drink the yeah. wine." It's poison. Yeah. Pass out, you fuck. Uh, mm-hmm. She finally just fully resorts to dr- knocking back Drinking the wine. It. And then she mm-hmm. like kisses him and like puts the wine into his in mouth. His it's, yeah. it's fucking crazy. <laughs> yeah. This scene is very uncomfortable in, in a, in a mm-hmm. scene of, in a movie where a lot. Sh- oh, no, please. Oh, no. I was just, I'm so sorry. Mm. Yeah, I was just gonna say that it was really funny that she's like pretending to be into it and stuff. Yeah. And at some point, it shows her kind of like losing interest in her face, oh, and then she goes yeah. back that's into great, like moaning. That's a great and... shot where he's finally like, "I have so many things to teach you," and he's like kissing yeah. her neck, and you see her like being like, "Oh, oh," and then you see her like sort of fake. like roll her eyes yeah. a little bit. <laughs> but it is like, like God, what an I forgot about this scene. Like, what an uncomfortable moment where he finally just sort of yanks her down and she's like yeah. trying to crawl away and he's like i swear mm-hmm. it feels good don't worry i'll show you and you're like no yeah like a woman's greatest pleasure is being overpowered or whatever oh like, yeah and you're just like, dominated you're like fuck i don't know no no and then like he starts to finally get lethargic and then he just mm-hmm. passes out with his fucking yeah. pants gone and she yeah yeah had, like again just like a testament to the when she's like checking her watch because she's like he needs to pass out soon yeah i love the shot where he's on the ground and she just nudges him with her foot even just the way that's framed is like fucking gorgeous he's like out and she's like cool and we just sort of smash cut to like almost got raped yeah i know it's crazy it's (laughs) it's just man (sighs) it's really uncomfortable it's like Mm -hmm. it's one of those things where you can feel the lack of American sensibilities in the movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like it feels yeah. like an American movie would have been so much more careful and yeah. like danced mm-hmm. around certain things. But it's like, like, I don't know, I, I guess ultimately because it doesn't happen, it feels mm-hmm. like thrilling without like something horrible happening. I don't know. Right. Cause it's like yeah. in, in a movie where death is on the line, somehow this scene where he almost, takes advantage of her is somehow still the most like terrifying yeah 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 in an interesting way mm-hmm. like i, I don't know mm-hmm. maybe that's off base but 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 she wins you know ultimately it's like oh she fucking did yeah. it. she poisoned him and, and it's mm-hmm. funny because even when you're watching it for the first time you see her like take a swig and it's like maybe she's like roofing herself almost mm-hmm. because she's like shit it's got to go down mm-hmm. i guess i might as well fucking poison myself and so there's yeah. like there's like a lot of layers to it, but ultimately she knocks him out, makes off mm-hmm. with the money. Um, my note here just says reunited. We get like a this crazy wide shot of her knocking on a door, and Suki mm-hmm. comes bursting out and they hug and yeah. it's like they're reunited, yay! <laughs> uh, we cut to uh, the count is passed out. It's a great yeah. shot of him just like no pants, his, no his pants. ass hanging out, garters <laughs> on. There's these two like fucking yeah. samurai guys, which is and he's all disheveled. Yeah, he's like, can you get my pants? Like, there's, there's another layer to the fact that like the the uncles like guards are dressed like samurai for some fucking reason. Mm-hmm. It's so weird. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. As he's and he probably made them dress pretty like much. That. Yeah, and made them like have katanas and stuff. But 
Mm-hmm. He's being taken back to the compound, the Count is, and he, he mm-hmm. like, pulls three cigarettes out and smokes, like, all three of them at yeah. once. <laughs> like, which <laughs> it'll factor. They, like, roll down the window. Yeah, it'll, it'll factor in later, because, like, we've seen a couple shots mm-hmm. of his cigarette case, and he's got, like, a couple blue cigarettes, and it's like, oh, what's going mm-hmm. on with that? We'll, we'll find out. Mm-hmm. Uh, but mm-hmm. I don't actually don't even have any other notes other than it just cuts to him in the basement, and the yeah. uncle's just fucking cutting his fingers off he's like you know what my five yeah. favorite books were because he's pissed because his mm-hmm. oh he's so mad his yeah, collection his collection's destroyed. been destroyed and he's like it, i did yeah. notice that like it was all he it had it seemed like all the stories he was listing off like were mostly the ones that we'd been read because he's like oh yeah, the knight yeah, and yeah. the lady and the story of the bells and stuff like that but mm-hmm. every time he lists off a book that he's lost he fucking cuts fujiwara's finger off yeah it's pretty fucking yeah. brutal I, I don't yeah. know, like, yeah. like, it's a pretty shocking display of violence in a movie that's mostly lacked it. I don't know if yeah. you were sort of getting squeamish during this or <laughs> what the vibe. Uh, a little bit, yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. It's pretty brutal. Squinting my eyes. And it does it in a way where it's not being, like, too gratuitous with seeing the fingers getting cut off, but with the sound design. I appreciate it. And there's, like, yeah. a couple moments where he, like, brings down the chopper and it doesn't quite mm-hmm. go through all the way on the first slice, so he's got to, like, kind of force it, and you're just like, oh, no. <laughs> uh. It's so brutal. Uh, yeah. But you also are like, I don't think I should feel bad for him. I know, it's conflicting. Like, ultimately, you hate, you, <laughs> you hate the awful. uncle the most. So you're, like, watching yeah. him torture Fujiwara, and you're like, uh, I don't know. <laughs> like, like Fujiwara. Well, I don't know. There were these scenes, too, where the Count was, like, with both of them. And it was like, I don't know. He was in it for what he could get, but he was just going to let them have their thing. Yeah, definitely. Um, I don't know if my notes are super accurate, but... You can't, like, blame a snake for being a snake. (laughs) Snakes will bite. You just have to not trust them. Yes. (laughs) Yeah, like Fuji, Fujiwara is not a good guy. He he makes it plain right. from the second he shows up in the movie, and ultimately, the movie is about like these two women realizing what snakes these two guys are, and mm-hmm. playing them against each other. Essentially, it's like the mm-hmm. two antagonists of our film end up basically killing each other, and yeah. while the two ladies just like well, run off and like it's pretty wild. <laughs> I love that you don't you don't know why he keeps asking to have a cigarette while he's being tortured and it's kind of funny that he's just <laughs> you'd think that he just has like this chain smoking problem like he's just so addicted that he needs to have a cigarette. Yeah, and like like a last meal. And the way he like gets the uncle to stop like torturing him so much is he's just like the uncle's like, "Look, I'm just a dirty old man. Like I just want to know yeah. good stories." He's like at least tell me what happened between you and Hideko. Oh, that was, this is the cringe. Like, you got to taste her, right? And like. So gross. So, so gross. <laughs> and, and Fujiwara is like, I'll tell you if you let me smoke. And he's like, fine, I don't give a shit. Whatever. Here. Like, tell, tell yeah. me about. That's how he got him to do it. Because yeah. you, you get the sense that like the uncle, he's not even as much into like the actual act at this point as it is to the stories and the smut and the porn of it all. He's like addicted. Yeah, and and he wanted to know details about her body. And yeah, stuff. how did it feel? Tell me how like it feels. Like he's just been like waiting to see it all this time. <laughs> yeah, and 
like Fujiwara is being kind of coy. He's like smoking these blue cigarettes. He gets his second one. There's no windows in here, huh? And like smoke <laughs> is like filling the room. And towards the end of this whole interaction, basically, he's if Fujiwara is like surprisingly coy, although we do see visually through the flashbacks that so there was like a moment early in the movie where Suki like heard them consummating their wedding essentially. We get yeah. recontextualized, Jesus Christ. Uh, we yeah. get a recontextualization of that scene where it seems like Fujiwara is going to maybe make a move on her. And Hideko's like, she pulls a knife and she's like, set the fuck back. Yeah. And then she yeah. pretends they're having sex and then like cuts her hand mm-hmm. so that it looks like she yeah. lost her virginity. Blood. And yeah. Fujiwara, like, it's funny. He's like being coy about their encounter. But he never gets mm-hmm. like very specific about it, and he's just sort of Mm-mm. teasing the uncle. And he's like, "No, tell me, was yeah. she? Tell me about the feel of her folds and blah blah blah." And you're just like, "Jesus Christ!" Yep. Uh, but eventually, Fujiwara sort of reveals as the uncle's like fading that because the uncle like pulls like some scissors or something out, and he's basically he like mm-hmm. cuts off Fujiwara's pants, and it's like, "Oh yeah, yeah." The next appendage you're losing is your dick. Yep. And yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he starts to like get faded and Fujiwara is like you know funny thing about mercury it's most deadly in its gas form and mm-hmm. the uncle passes out you're like oh he had like poisoned cigarettes mm-hmm. the whole time and Fujiwara the last yeah. spoken line of this movie is at least I get to keep my cock intact yes. and Fujiwara is like so he's like I'm gonna die but at least I have, <laughs> at least I have my dick <laughs> oh it's opium Opium, yeah. Uh, my subtitle said mercury, but the oh. opium was the thing that he gave Hideko, to mm-hmm. my understanding. Mm-hmm. Okay, but okay. sorry, <laughs> no, no, no. I don't mean okay. to be like a uh, Mister Corrections over here, <laughs> but uh, you see him like he like starts like sucking in the air because he needs to die too. He's just like, mm-hmm. and then like. Oh, it is mercury, yeah. And then, right. like, that breath is, like, crazy with the sound design. That breath, like, takes us to mm-hmm. them. I, I guess I've kind of skipped over it, but the uncle's, like, they're looking for two women traveling, but they've disguised Hideko to yeah. look like a man with, like, a little mustache, yes. and, and she's got, like, a so passport. Cute. <laughs> so cute. Her passport is everything. <laughs> and you see them on the boat, and she... Puts the ring on the gloves and they toss the gloves mm-hmm. in the sea. And takes the mustache. Takes off. the mustache and tucks it in under the ring, tosses it. They're <laughs> like tossing off all their oppression, essentially. The gloves, too, because like the thing was mm-hmm. like they had to wear gloves because of the books. You can't yeah. like touch the books with yeah. your fingers and stuff. Yeah. And it's like they're real and raw. With Again, there's a lot of stuff to look in with the gloves. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to wax poetic on it, mm-hmm. but it, it's like a really good little subtle thing to the movie in terms of like them touching each other with no gloves but then the gloves being a thing that the uncle makes her wear and yeah. all that good yeah. stuff but they're they're together on the boat we see them go down below they pull the bells out this is our other sort of somewhat explicit <laughs> thing like i will say for me one of the most gratuitous things in the movie is like they get the bells and she like puts one of the bells in her mouth and then yeah. she puts one of the yeah. bells in her mouth. And it's just like, again, I don't know mm-hmm. if it's the sound design or the way it's shot. It just feels very smutty. Uh, <laughs> yes, it's, it felt very dirty. You're just yeah. like, like, they're getting them slicked up. And you're like, 
oh boy <laughs> and then uh the bells go somewhere and they yep. start and then they're like jingling. They're jingling. That's what that's what takes us to the end of the movie is like they start to get down and then like it cuts to the outside of the boat. We see these like gorgeous like sweeping vista of the ocean in the boat and you just hear the jingling. And then we see her like sliding door with the moon and it pulls back and credits. Credits it. Yep. Uh it's I mean, Jesus. What was I going to say about the the Mercury situation? It was like the way that she used the opium on him with the wine and then he used the Mercury on Homeboy. Uh Like in the same sort of schemey sort of way well, yeah, of like, like she, ingesting she, it yourself and then blowing it out. She, like She drew him in with, remember the story of the night in his seduction. And mm-hmm. that's when he sort of like goes, mm-hmm. ah, fuck it. You're right. I'm so hot for you. Yeah. Whereas the thing that's stopping the uncle from cutting his appendages off is he wants Fujiwara to tell him a dirty story. Yeah. He wants so to they're like, yeah, they're seducing dirty. each other in a weird way. So gross. Uh, it's a very like black widow situation <laughs> where they lure them in and then they, pshaw. <laughs> man, he was so thirsty so thirsty that old man he was so gross and he's like leaning in and just like quivering (laughs) wanting more information about his freaking niece is he like he professes to be this scholar of these books and stuff but but even he says like look i'm just a dirty old man he like says that a couple times yeah and you're like well i guess at least you know what you are but he's like a scumbag like he doesn't so gross ultimately the two women escape and they're in love and they get to be with each other. And it's like these two men had no comprehension of what true love was or true sex was. And they had this perversion of it that meant nothing. I forgot to mention it, but Mm -hmm. like there's a moment when Fujiwara is sort of propositioning Hideko at one point where he's like, look, Mm -hmm. let's team up. And She's like, well, how are we going to get rid of my main maid? And he's like, don't you worry about that. And you see him like easily seduce this maid. Uh, yes. And yes, like he yes, does yes, these things. Yes. Like, he's like, you are so, so, so magnificent. And she's like, really? He's mm-hmm. like, she's like, am I prettier than Hideko? Yeah. And he has this line where he's like, you're both pretty. <laughs> and she's like, okay. And yeah. it's like, you do to get a glimpse yeah. of like his shit working on like normal people. And yeah. so you're like, he is like. Yeah not completely off his ass in terms of like he can charm like the regular yeah. people but Hideko and Suki are like next level and the the problem yeah. is like Fujiwara and the uncle are just like not prepared to deal with that level and ultimately they mm-hmm. die for it like they were abusive mm-hmm. and they had schemes and it's like nope you couldn't account for true love and it's really romantic in that yeah. way <laughs> like you couldn't yeah. bank on the fact that Suki and Hideko just genuinely loved each other and put that above everything else, like above your yeah. smut, above your money, above all your <laughs> bullshit. Like, I don't know. Yeah. It, it's really beautiful, I think. I feel like I did a lot of talking. <laughs> I would love for here at the. We actually got this far a lot faster <laughs> than I thought we would. If there's like anything we glossed over in terms of the movie that you'd like to speak on, please, this is the time. <laughs> oh, 
<laughs> not necessarily. I feel like we touched on. I, I guess I would ask that. All the like, things I was thinking. Overall, in terms of like the roller coaster ride that this movie takes you on. Like as a first time viewer, can you sort of like tell people just like the crazy ups and downs that you experienced in general? Yeah. Um, what's really weird when the story started to twist and you started seeing other perspectives, it was surprising, but also it made so much sense. But I also read into things a lot when I watch mm -hmm. things. So I was trying to think in my mind of all the things that could be happening. You know what I mean? Were like, you so at different points of the movie? Did you find that you were? I was excited too. Like as soon as things started to twist, I was like, "Yes, <laughs> awesome!" Yeah. Were you like? Did you find yourself rooting for anyone in particular, or rooting for certain things to happen at all, or were you just kind of? letting it play out oh i was rooting for the uncle <laughs> the uncle <laughs> i'm just kidding <laughs> i'm just kidding I, I wanted him to win <laughs> no i mean obviously <laughs> i would what, what what i was really hoping would happen was that i i hoped that suki would change her mind and not betray you know lady and that they would end up together like i just I kind of hoped that they wouldn't end up betraying each yeah. other. So I, I, I read like a quote that was like Park Chan Wook, like halfway through the book, Fingersmith was like, if I make this movie, it's going to have a happy ending. And I know that some of the changes, major changes that he made to sort of the plot of the book had to do with the back half mm -hmm. of the story. Like, I don't think Fingersmith gets as twisty as this movie does, but mm -hmm. I don't know. It's just like, it's another thing that, like, yes, the pacing and the cinematography and the shot choices are, like, very masterful from him. But one yeah. thing that's consistent among the directors that I really like is a trust in the audience. And mm -hmm. I think this movie trusts its audience to yeah. pay, pay attention, root for the right things, yeah. be hopeful, sense. I definitely couldn't have watched this doing something else like i definitely <laughs> had to be watching every second if there was ever a time where i had to step away i had to like take it back so i could like <laughs> catch it again like i rewatched several sections i'm just so shocked because like i had a couple things i needed to do last night and i didn't start this movie till surprisingly late in the evening and by evening i mean i started mm -hmm. at like midnight or one in the morning or something like oh that. And I just like, I, I just could not be moved. I was riveted every second. I just, I, I wasn't sleepy. That was me. I was surprised. I was honestly, I was a little surprised. Like this was on my list of things to watch, but I didn't expect to be, I was honestly worried when I first started watching it because I was like, oh God, it's all subtitles. It's two and a half hours long. <laughs> Two, two hours and 50 minutes or something and um i was like i really have to watch this like all the way through <laughs> i'm gonna commit now and then i started watching it and i could not tear myself away yeah. I, I and the 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 story of these two characters that i mean the two female leads i'm i was just so intrigued 
by them as individuals. And then as things started to twist and get more color, I was like, oh, <laughs> man, this is crazy. Like, but I loved their, I don't know, the way that things were depicted with them and their first experiences together. It, it felt very real. Yeah, because this is like, as the movie goes on, you realize they were playing each other for a bit. But then as the movie sort of... Res- but they were falling for they each were, other. They were. Like, even through the deception... They just like had feelings for each other, and even through the layers of like, you need to fall in love with the count, or you need to mm-hmm. like be the one that takes my place in the mental ward. Like it just still, mm-hmm. their love for each other was so strong. It was like bypassing those yeah. layers, and like even as you see them mm-hmm. piled on, it's like you make a great cake, but ultimately you can still taste the butter, and, and mm-hmm. like it's like yeah. It shines through, and I don't know if that's a good metaphor, but hey, you know, in a mm-hmm. movie where we get a close-up mm-hmm. vagina POV of someone sticking their tongue out, like that's a, that's a butter metaphor. <laughs> but do you have any final thoughts or rate? Do you want to rate this film? Oh. It's a, it's okay if you don't. I think it's a tough one to rate, but uh, it is. I really wish I had more experience with. Women, the <laughs> with the with the actors in this and the director. Oh, me too. Um, now I can't wait to watch other things they've done. <laughs> um, I will say, uh, other than Thirst, I'd say Park Chan Wook's movies don't necessarily get this sexy. Uh, okay, but I mean, he's he's just a great director. Thirst is pretty sexy though. <laughs> I just thought it was really good storytelling. It was super creative. Yeah, I really have been dying to see Decision to Leave again because I remember being in the theater. I was like in the theater watching it, which I think is the first Park Chan movie I've gotten to watch in theaters because I didn't become a fan until like after The Handmaiden. Yeah. But I was watching it. I was like, man, this movie is not moving the way I expect it to. Mm -hmm. And then halfway through, you go, wait. Now we're going in this direction? Wait, hang on a second. (laughs) And then, like, by the end of it, I was like, now I just want to watch this again. And, like, I've been dying for a rewatch. And I think most of his movies are kind of like that. Like, Old Boy. Old Boy has a big-ass reveal right at the end of the movie. Yes. And it makes you be like, wait, what? This was Mm -hmm. all about this? Like, wait a second. And it makes you immediately want to be like, wait a second. I need to watch all of this again. Because that was fucking crazy. Yeah, uh, and and then he just has like a people trust him. Really good actors work with him. Uh, at Thirst, the lead is Sang Kang Ho, and he's literally one of the most beloved Korean actors of all time. Uh, old boys Cho Min Sik, who is just fucking god tier. You guys have never seen I Saw the Devil. Holy shit! Uh, but <laughs> yeah, that you know there are some crazy twists, but it's not like. M. Night Shyamalan type twists, like all the twists make so much sense. But it's, it's also, not just like outlandish twists and turns. Like it's, it's not like oh, by the way, there's aliens. <laughs> yeah, but I'm I'm here to tell you that like, even though this movie is very twisty, upon rewatches, it's just fun to see how much is layered in. He does like yeah. The thing is like early Shyamalan. He did actually like people. I, you know, one of my big. Oh, sh- and I'm not talking shit about Shyamalan. What's well, the thing saying. is like one of my big shames 
I've actually never seen The Sixth Sense. But I've, oh. I've of course, been spoiled for it. Mm. But people have said, like, yeah, even once you know what's going on, the movie still works because it's got yes, that layered it into it. Whereas, and like, then it's the fun to go back and his, watch. The longer he went with his career, the more it became about the twist. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, Parchang, like, with his movies, twist just adds another layer to the movie. And then mm-hmm. when you go back and watch it, knowing where it's going, it's more rich for it. Yeah. yeah. Whereas, like, that's the thing is like people don't do twists correctly a lot of times where it's like mm-hmm. a good twist adds another layer to the movie. It doesn't mm-hmm. like, it isn't just the whole movie is building up to that. And that's the entire, what it was all about, you know? Yeah. There's, and, I mean, it's a lot about the journey. Yes. And I think he does that really well. Well, and, yeah. It, yeah. And it's like, um, what am I trying to say? <laughs> yeah i don't i don't know what i was gonna say never mind <laughs> you're like it's late i'm tired <laughs> no 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 i was just thinking about the t- the twist but it's like oh i know a lot of it is also just perspective mm-hmm. and i love seeing stories from multiple perspectives yeah and so it's like no perspective is necessarily wrong it's just like the same it's the same exact story but happening in someone else's eyes like it's it's really interesting yeah when you can do it as effectively as this movie does it where because it's like a lesser movie if it was wasting time showing you the same scene again you'd almost be like yeah like well you're just like showing the same thing and yet when he shows that same scene with a different pov mm-hmm. it just adds so much more context it to does. it like just little things like suki like peeking in it turns out hideko <gasps> was like behind the wall the whole time and she does that little I slam i loved that <laughs> you got to see what was happening on the other side because it's such like a quick hint of like she's been hip to her shit the whole time just yeah metaphorically you immediately understand like no hideko's been one step ahead of her this whole, whole fucking time. time. Yeah. And, and just yeah. immediately it tells you that. It, it's, just, it's just brilliantly done. It's classic. Uh, <laughs> classic. Uh, Claire Tendon well, classic. Cla- <laughs> 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 I mean, that's a classic, though. You know, like, you're, you think you're betraying someone who's actually betraying you. Mm-hmm. I mean. Yeah, I don't know. <sighs> Do you have a rating for the movie? It's hard to rate it, but I really, really loved it. So I felt like it was very, um, I don't know, like <laughs> captivating. It was captivating. Yeah. Um, and aesthetically, I loved it too. Um, I don't know, like a. I mean, it's high up there. I don't want to always give everything a nine, though. <laughs> Eight, nine. I just feel like it just sounds like I do that for everything we watch. I do subject you to a lot of like my my favorite movies. So sometimes the movies we cover for the show are very good. Oh, had a little burp there. Cool. <laughs> edit that out. That would be fun. <laughs> I, You'll just leave it. <laughs> I do subject you to some like good movies. Like we've 
Uh, you know, I think the last thing we covered on this show was Eternal Sunshine, <sighs> and that's a classic case. And of it's a movie like one of my most favorite. Yeah, movies. it's like it's also been so hyped up for me. But I was like, I think this movie's gonna rock. And then mm-hmm. I watched it, and I was like, Oh no, this movie rocks! Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> how do you even judge it? Especially for you, mm-hmm. it being a first time. Whereas yeah. this movie almost and takes also up- like I just haven't even watched a lot of this type of cinema. Yeah. So no, uh, you know what? I can't really put it next to other like American films that I love. I say I say let's let's give you question mark. Maybe we'll revisit it someday. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna but- watch this again. <laughs> for me i'll tell you one thing i've been wrestling with this all day because if people have like followed this show long enough which god bless you uh if you have but <laughs> canonically i've never given anything a 10 on this show right. i have a grading curve yada 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 covered some of my favorite films of all time on this show and still giving them like nines and 9.5s and stuff mm-hmm. this is one of my favorite movies of all time unquestionably this rewatch only further cemented how there's not a scene in this movie that i think is not one of the best scenes in movies yeah and yeah i've been struggling i'll be honest with you christina uh is this the first 10 mm. And I'm not sure, because if anything was going to get a 10, I guess it would be this. Because I don't have a single flaw. I think every element of this movie is perfect. There's nothing I would change. The performances are great. It's sexy. It's hot. It's well shot. It's perfectly constructed. You know, it's like, I was not I was like, oh yeah, this movie's like kind of long. But then you like pull it up and it's actually only like, Two and a half hours long, really. And honestly, it doesn't feel like it when you're Not watching at it. All. It, doesn't, it, it goes by fast. If something was a 10, I don't know what else it would be but this. And so I've really been wrestling back and forth between being like, do I be a chicken shit and give it a 9.5? <laughs> or do I finally say this was the first 10 we've ever colored? colored? Uh, do I say that's this is a big fir- deal? Do I say this is the first time for the show? And I don't know. <laughs> I'm really torn. I thought I would reach some sort of conclusion by the end of this. Mm-hmm. And it's really amazing. I mean, on so many levels of storytelling and just the, the aesthetic and the sound design and the acting, like everybody was on point. I think that people aren't going to understand how impactful I think this is, but I'm giving this the first 10 out of 10 I've ever given on this show. I Uh, think that that's an interesting choice. I think a lot of people will find it interesting that this is the first 10 and also that this is one of your most favorite movies and that you've watched it like a whole bunch. Like, <laughs> like I think that people are going to be very curious about this. I do think the film ratings are somewhat subjective and I've certainly embraced that as the show has gone on in the sense that if a movie's not necessarily for me, like I think I was a little hard on Zodiac mm-hmm. recently, mm-hmm. which I think that movie's a masterpiece, but it's not for me. Uh-huh, uh-huh. This is a movie where every element was created for me. Mm -hmm. And 
I don't think you can make a movie better than this for me as an audience person. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I don't think anything can get better than this. And so if this isn't a 10, nothing will ever get a 10 on this show. I love that. And so this is a 10. It's a 10. Well, even, it. you know, what's really funny is that I almost felt like the scene with the bells almost was excessive. Mm-hmm. And comical in a way that I wasn't sure I liked. But then looking back on it with the like abuse with the bells and all that stuff, like those scenes. And then turning it into this like scene. (laughs) Yeah. It it does change it. But the two, like the two things about that scene for me, I guess three things is they've fully won and this is their celebration scene. So there's that layer exactly. to it. Yeah, Two, yeah. her repurposing the bells as an object of pleasure instead of an object of pain and abuse. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then, and, and I didn't even really clock this, but people have pointed out, like, it's almost like the scene starts to get going. And then Park Chan looks like, cool. We're not here anymore. We're just mm-hmm. hearing it. But we're not watching it. We're not leering yeah. at them. Because ultimately... Yeah, it's a closeout. What, what they're doing is for them, and it's not for us. Mm-hmm. And yeah. we're just like witness to this moment of triumph. And then we pull out, and we just hear the bells clinking. And I, I just it. like... I mean, and I did love it. It's little things like that that make me go like, this is a perfect movie. Mm-hmm. And I just... It doesn't really get any better than this, to be honest. Like, And it's the kind of thing where when you look back on it, the first time Hideko sees Suki, she glances at her, looks away, looks at her. This yeah. is the kind of movie that's got every fucking thing firing on full cylinders. It's beautiful. Every it's shot. It's really brave. I mean, the characters are super brave. Yeah. It's just, I don't know, man. It's good. It's one of my favorite movies of all time. Top 10 of all time. No question. Uh, it's just, yeah. I, I don't know what to say. If if you've gotten this far and not watched this movie, I guess here's your wake up call. <laughs> uh, yeah, but be warned <laughs> that some of you that watch don't watch this, it with grandma. Don't watch it with grandma. But also, some of you may watch this and realize that you're gay. <laughs> Either way, you know, it might be Fujiwara. If you didn't know, Fujiwara's kind of got to go on. a little gay. You, even if you're not gay, you may feel a little gay. I think I was joking to you that like people say the mummy is like the ultimate bi <laughs> test. Uh, but I, I think this movie should be in the same conversation as far as like feeling certain types of attraction. <laughs> you might feel a certain type of way in this movie. In the way life. these scenes were shot, like I know that we've already talked about this, um, but <laughs> it's like the way that this was shot. And the the emotion and the feeling, the sensory overload, it you're watching it and you feel like I caught myself like kind of looking over my shoulder, like this subconscious feeling like somebody's gonna walk in on me watching this, like I was watching <laughs> something I wasn't supposed to be watching. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'll be honest, I feel a little torn being And then like, I was like, oh man. I sort of joked like i keep blanking on the uh what's the nick cage laura Dern movie that we did together 
Oh, uh, Wild at Heart. Wild at Heart. Like, I remember when we did that episode, I, like, we got into the studio and I was like, mm-hmm. well, uh, this is kind of <laughs> awkward. <laughs> uh, but, and there was parts of me that were like, I feel a little awkward being like, Christina, do this movie with me. This is like one of the funniest <laughs> episodes we've ever done together, too. It's hilarious. <laughs> but I am also just like, I feel so passionate about this film and I want to share it with the world that I was like, I have to ask you to cover it for the show with me because it's just like, I feel so strongly about it. And I think it's a genuinely beautiful movie. And I'm so glad you did because (laughs) now I've seen it and I'm so excited to like, (laughs) I don't know, watch other things that, you know. And this on repeat. And watch this like over and over again, but not just for the sex scenes. <laughs> Is there anything else you wanted to talk about as far as this movie goes, or should we get into recommendations? We can get into recommendations. Um, this one's pretty slam dunk easy for me. I think if you like The Handmaiden, there's two paths you should pursue. Path number one, please check out all of everything that Park Chan-wook has made. Yeah. He's a genius. Uh, I'd say if you like this movie, definitely check out Thirst, maybe Old Boy to a certain extent, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. among other things. Even Decision to Leave to a certain extent. Uh, And you should just check all those shit. uh, I was about to say, should should check all that shit out. I'm a little lost in the sauce at this point. Uh, (laughs) But the other path you can go is Portrait of a Lady on Fire. Uh, Mm -hmm. If you like this movie, guess what? You're going to love Portrait of a Lady on Fire, because boy, oh boy, is this in the same vein. And is it just as beautiful nice. and gorgeous as this movie? It sure is. What a down. fucking beautiful movie. Uh, Portrait of a Lady on Fire, one of the prettiest movies I've ever seen. Uh, Celine Sayama has a fan for life in me, as far as her work goes. And it's just like, Jesus Christ, that movie's so gorgeous. And if you just like, Yes, am I being like lesbian romance v lesbian romance here? I sure am. But yeah, Portrait of a Lady on Fire is just absolute slam dunk. If you like The Handmaiden, there's no way you don't like that movie. It's fucking gorgeous and brilliant. And uh, it's so beautiful. It's God, it's such a good movie. <laughs> but yeah, for me, it's like, if you guys are listening to this and you've seen The Handmaiden and you haven't seen that one, I can just leave it at that. Go watch Portrait of a Lady on Fire. It's fucking beautiful. Prepare for French subtitles. I'm sorry. They're subtitled <laughs> movies. Sorry. Deal with it. Uh, Just put yeah. some time aside. <laughs> <laughs> it's beautiful. How about you, Christina? I mean, I because I'm not as familiar with the work of the director, I it's hard to make recommendations this time. Um, I mean, of course, Old Boy. But I haven't seen any of their other things. Mm-hmm. Um, I was really excited about the the uh, like other things that the cinematographer worked on and the this like sound designer and like all that stuff. But I don't know. I feel like the words that are coming out of my mouth don't make any sense. Um, <laughs> I've just kept like you up a little late. <laughs> rambling. No, uh, you know. It's not the same at all, but aesthetically, I mentioned Amelie. Yeah, yeah. And I think I've mentioned it before. It's one of my most favorite movies. Um, but if y'all want to watch some really beautiful cinema, then 
Probably. <laughs> uh, just from an aesthetic. Just a photographer. He did the It remake last night in yes. Soho. Uh, Zombie. Which I've been meaning to watch. Me, Earl, and the Girl. Mm -hmm. Or Me, Earl, and the Dying Girl. Mm -hmm. Obi Wan Kenobi. Okay. Uh, mm -hmm. Oh, the new Wonka movie. Great. We're all excited <laughs> about that, right? <laughs> <laughs> Hotel Artemis. He shot Hotel Artemis. That's funny. That's a movie that's come up a couple times on the show. It's like a, mm. I really like that movie, but it's actually not good, but I like it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, great cinematographer. Zhang. Okay, this is insane. Zhang Zhang Hun. He just straight up yeah, has yeah. The, the same name and then Hun. Yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he, he's also worked with uh, Park Chan Wook on a lot of his movies so i noticed really... that's the case for other people too that worked on this that they've worked on multiple projects together which is always a good sign where like if the yeah. director is constantly bringing back the same people they must really get a thrill out of working on their projects which i think is like great i mm -hmm. think it's funny like in letterboxd similar films it recommends like parasite which i'm just like okay so that's just another korean movie so mm -hmm. like honestly the the parallels between the handmaiden and parasite are negligible at best but whatever mm -hmm. parasite mm -hmm. is an incredible film but <laughs> the similarities are non-existent uh yeah. 50 shades of gray is in this list which is funny to me oh <laughs> Girl with a drag well <laughs> i mean i guess i could see Maybe just the sexual someone dynamics, who, I suppose. Yeah, I could see uh, someone liking Fifty Shades of Grey and then liking this. One of my favorites is not Basic There's Instinct. There's a twist, too. There not Basic twists. Instinct, but Basic Instinct 2. I've never seen of, Basic Instinct 2. <laughs> is one of the, I'm just like, what? That's funny. I, I didn't even know that existed. Was that like straight to VHS? I have to imagine. I do think that <laughs> Sharon Stone came back for that, but like nobody else did. Just like oh. an absolute fucking flop. That's uh, interesting. <laughs> like anybody else want to die via ice pick while having sex with me? Okay, <laughs> let's do this. Let's do it. <laughs> but yeah. Uh you know, I always forget because uh, some of my guests have been sort of like, I've got nothing lately. But Christina, you have plenty of stuff. Is there anything you'd like to plug here at the end of the show? Oh, you know, I always hate to do that. Yeah. But just like find me, DangerBot, DangerBot, <laughs> Christina Raylan Connolly. I'm on everything. I don't know. I'll be doing some voice stuff. Probably some projects coming out in the soonish. Time. Yeah, some handmaiden uh inspired projects. We're just gonna Yeah, you know. Just with myself. They'll all just be playing like three different characters. Yeah, just like catch Christina scissoring herself and uh <laughs> you know, CGI. <laughs> I just like draw a face <laughs> on my fingers. Like <laughs> Oh my god. But no, like yeah, you guys definitely check out she's got a great online handle, DangerBot. And if not that, Christina Raylan Connolly, as mm -hmm. I tag her in the episode and on Facebook and all that good stuff. But you know, she's got cool shit going on. Her TikTok's and, hilarious. And we may have something coming out soon together. Well, not together. <laughs> Maybe. 
<laughs> slurps loudly. <laughs> if I could get off my ass and finish it, yeah. We, <laughs> we've got a couple films uh, that we shot forever ago that need to come out. They need well, to we see knew the that I was going to be moving away, and so it was important to shoot as much as possible sure, before yeah. I left. <laughs> you know, uh, it'll eventually it, it, they may come. Oh out. no, it'll, it's going to happen. It'll happen. Uh, the closer the deadline gets, the more I'll panic and actually finish. So <laughs> I know that's how I work too, under pressure. Yeah, gotta have. I'm that so pressure. glad that you were willing to join me for this episode. I I'm so glad you asked me. Honestly, it was not what I thought it was going to be, and I I was so wonderfully surprised. I loved it, <laughs> and also I was like concerned about how much I loved it. <laughs> I will say that even though we like it a lot, it's not going to be everybody's cup of tea. Sure. That's one thing. I don't think that that takes away from its value or I don't think it should get a lower rating just because like other people wouldn't like it. I don't think that everything has to be for everyone. Yeah. I think your standard like sports movie Oh no, we're doing good. Oh no, we lost a couple games. Oh no, we win. Movie that like <laughs> works for like a general audience should necessarily like it's it's something I've struggled with. It's like I talk to my parents about it a lot, especially my dad, where he's like, "What's wrong with a movie like that?" And I was like, "There's nothing wrong with a movie like that, but mm -hmm. it's never going to be the top of my list, right? Because like I like something a little twistier, a little darker, a little more mm -hmm. interesting, a little more." Like something that rewards Raw. its audience for like really paying attention. Yeah. Whereas like some people, they look to movies like for just pure raw entertainment and that's fine. Yeah. I do think yeah. this movie's twisty enough that almost anybody could enjoy it on a at face value. As long as you don't but, get uncomfortable with sex scenes. Yeah. It's like, you know, I showed <laughs> my mom that yay Kristen Stewart Christmas movie a couple of years I ago. I love that movie. And like she like glanced away <laughs> when there was like a lesbian kiss. And so like, yeah, my mom's not gonna enjoy the handmaiden that much. No. But yeah. not even you know. just for the story. <laughs> but they liked Parasite. That's good. Uh, I showed my parents Parasite. They were fucking riveted. That's a movie that will just capture anyone. Yeah. Uh but yeah, the handmaiden's a little more insular. A little bit more like banking on you being cool with like the sexy stuff but yeah as someone that's just like feels deprived of like fun sexual stuff in like modern media because like with we the neuter everything well it's like with the rise of like porn Purity and culture. stuff it's like we've also been neutering all of our mainstream cinema and i'm just like movies yeah. used to be sexy it's like I watched a movie called strange days recently and it was sweaty mm. and it was sexy mm -hmm. and i'm like i don't get this anymore yeah. And like we have to look to like French and Korean cinema to even get this shit because like American cinema is just like, oh, there's like, just a lot of like, I don't know, shame around sexuality. Yeah. And again, like I cannot stress enough, like you can learn so much about characters through like their sexuality and like sex scenes and stuff like that. And if we just not every movie needs to have sex scenes, I'm not saying, but like it's OK mm -hmm. to like embrace it. You know, it can mm -hmm. be an art. Like, mm -hmm. I just like movies that just push a little bit. I'm just so sick of the safety of everything. The yeah. fucking vanilla PG-13 bullshitification yeah. of everything. Yeah. And The Handmaiden says, no, 
Scissors. No, we're doing it. Scissors. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's, just, it's just the best. Oh, I love it. <laughs> the bell of the ball. The bells. The bells. I'm just going to put a tinkering of bells here at the end of the episode. <laughs> just psh, psh, psh. It's so funny. i couldn't get over how much um the the lady looked just like my old roommate i was telling you (laughs) oh i thought you said suki was the one that looked like your roommate you're saying oh no no yeah (laughs) that's why she looked just like my old roommate that's wild it was so it was so weird this is a terrible time here at the end of the episode to get into it but uh, the woman that played Hideko. Mm-hmm. So she sort of like had an affair with one of the directors of her films. Oh, who was married, and mm. she's been like scorned ever since. Oh, so like she around the time did that, that happen the, after this or before? Yeah, around the time that The Handmaiden came out. Oh. She was found to be sleeping with this guy whose movie she's been in a ton of his movies. And since The Handmaiden, she's only ever been in this guy's movies and nothing else. Because, like, no one will. Oh, it does. Cat- I, I just read that um, since The Handmaiden, she's solely acted in the films of her partner. Yeah. Hong sang Su or whatever. And this guy's, like, not even divorced yet, I think. Like, it's, it's like, a <sighs> wild thing where it's, like, this incredibly talented actor it's she's not even the one that was married either like he was married mm-hmm. and like now it's like she can't fucking get cast except he puts her in all his movies and that's it and it's like yeah. and apparently he's a great director and his movies are great but i'm just like so I wanna weird see some of what she's done recently yeah she's a little like, bit older than me i'm surprised she's incredible and it's like it feels like she should be a world famous superstar and because of this weird controversy <laughs> she's been kind of held down like mm-hmm. or maybe she just loves being in this guy's movies because he makes like fucking two or three movies a year also mm-hmm. so like maybe that's satisfying to her which all the more power to them but i'm just like she's incredible mm-hmm. she's so great in this movie and it's like it feels like after the handmaiden she should be just an absolute superstar instead there's this weird controversy surrounding her terrible time to put this into the episode uh but hey you know whatever <laughs> that's okay yeah i mean not all of you will hear this part but <laughs> <laughs> you guys will have checked out at this point <laughs> hong sang soon i need to look at his stuff too yeah interesting hey but you know we should probably stop i guess <laughs> so you got stuff to you got stuff to do tomorrow I think this episode is sufficiently long from what I'm looking at. Uh, I could talk about this movie for another. Well, there four were hours. some potty breaks. Yeah, they weren't that long though. <laughs> this is like a three and a half hour episode. <laughs> it's longer than the movie. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I think we should call it. But thank you so much for joining me, Christina. Thank You're the you. Absolute fucking best. Thank you. The best. The best. I guest. loved it. I I, th- I feel like I'm not doing it justice because I'm so tired <laughs> and I freaking love this movie and I'm so excited that we decided to do it for this episode. No, 10 out of 10 guests. No one else gets a 10. Just Christina. She's the Yay! best. Fuck everyone else. All my I'm friends. I'm the second 10. <laughs> <laughs>
But we should stop. And uh, that means I have to hit you guys with my shitty catchphrase where I say, I'll catch you all on the flip flop later. Bye, Bye guys. <laughs>